The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, this is Steve. So... Let's get right into it. I love The Incredibles. I loved it when I first saw it in the theaters. I loved it on home video. And I've definitely loved watching it over and over again with my son Jax, who bears a striking resemblance to Dash. The Incredibles is not only a brilliant animated feature, but it also happens to be one of the best superhero films ever made. Directed by Brad Bird with fantastic voice work from Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Jason Lee, and Samuel L. Jackson, The Incredibles shows what is possible in animation when technology and art come together perfectly. So with Incredibles 2 now in theaters, it seemed like the perfect time to revisit this classic, and who better to discuss it with than animation expert Michael Vogel. And if by some chance you're one of the few people on the planet who haven't seen The Incredibles, now's your chance to visit cinephiles.net, that's C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S.net, and order a copy or stream the movie through Amazon. So that's The Incredibles with special guest Michael Vogel this Friday on The Cinephiles. I love you, but if we're going to make this work, you've got to be more than Mr. Incredible. You know that, don't you? So long as you both shall live... I do. I pronounce this couple husband and wife. As long as we both shall live, no matter what happens. Hey, come on. We're superheroes. What could happen? Welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, we explore its themes, the history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California. Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca. I'm a voiceover artist, host, writer, producer over at Collider, uh, and uh, I don't know, all-around lover of movies, and especially comic book movies, uh, and... Uh, excited for today because in essence we're doing an animated feature and a comic book movie today an, or a, a superhero movie today rather uh, and we couldn't think of a better person to come on as a guest Steve yes we are welcoming back our favorite cinephiles guest uh, animation producer and writer Michael Vogel welcome back to the cinephiles well thanks guys it's lovely to be here again <laughs> it's, an, it's annoying though we have to keep changing the patch on his jacket for the club true. that he's in it's like, true it's well, but it, regardless, he's in a club all by himself. He really is in a club. A oh, league hey, oh. of his own. Don't tell him that. Uh, I don't need the head any bigger than it already I is. I have it on tape. I can record it. I can listen to it over and over again. And you've hinted at it uh, very well. So I think at this point, really, and if everyone looked at the title on the episode, you all know that today we are here to discuss The Incredibles. Which is really an incredible movie. Hey-o. It is an incredible movie. And by the way, we want have our, our uh, one of our Patreons to thank, uh, uh, Neil Martin. Oh. Thank you so much. Nice, Neil Martin. Uh, for recommending this movie. And we would love to hear what you think of The Incredibles and why you wanted us to review it on The Cinephiles. Yeah. Hi, Steve. Hi, John. This is Niall Martin. I am so sorry that this is very late, but I am thrilled that you two will be talking about The Incredibles. The Incredibles is one of my favorite films and has been ever since I saw it in the fourth grade. And I think one of the main reasons is it takes a genre I love, the superhero genre, and totally subverts it. Instead of having a civilian being thrust into the superhero life, it takes a superhero 
and demotes them to the level of civilian and then asks, what happens next? That question is explored perfectly in this film, and the extension of that question is answered in Incredibles 2. I really look up to you two, and I am thrilled that you have chosen to do this film, as it's one of my favorites. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to hear this episode. Okay. Wow, Neil, thanks. (laughs) That was great. And so uh, part of the other reason we're doing this, of course, is that Incredibles 2 is coming out very, very soon. It's the most excited I've been for a Pixar movie in a long time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. More than Good Dinosaur. More even than Good Dinosaur. More than Cars 2. More than Cars 2. Okay. Coco had me pretty excited. I I love Coco. Man, Coco is a really good movie. But for different reasons, right? There's different reasons. Incredibles 2, I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, uh, Can you tell me, how how did you first come to the film? Me? Yes. Uh, You, maybe? Was it with you? I mean, yeah, I, I, I would I'm imagine. Pretty sure. so. Actually, well, this is—I was going to ask. Gonna say, yeah. This I, is of all. This is, I think we all thought the same thing. Yeah. Of all the movies that I've been lucky enough to come here and discuss with you guys, I believe that this is the first one that we, that we all together. saw together in yes. the theater at I the El Capitan so. in the balcony, and yes. it was lovely. I'm—I don't think I was there. Really? I don't think I because I—I—I I, I I know I saw it in the theater. Yeah. But I don't remember being in the El Capitan seeing it. Mm. I, I know I, we saw it in the El Capitan. So maybe yeah. I wasn't with you. Um, yeah. well, regardless, it is the first movie in the era of our friendship that we all saw True. as uh, within a few days of each other. Yes. Yeah, if nothing else. Yeah, sure. I definitely remember seeing it with Mikey in the, in the El Cap. We, pretty much that was where we would go to see most of the Pixar films at the El Cap because that's the Disney theater here in town. And I just I loved it. Like as a comic book hero, I, I mean comic book fan rather, and as a superhero movie fan, I was just blown away at how much fun this film was. And what it really touched on a lot of the emotional stuff between... The family, because that's what's really the important thing about the movie. And, you know, at the time, I, I couldn't really formulate this this thought. But as I've gotten older and as I've worked in this business more, in this industry more, it's very clear to me that superhero, the best superhero movies are ones that um, uh, it's almost irrelevant that they're superheroes. It's the human shit that they're dealing with that's the most important. And that certainly comes through throughout this entire movie from beginning to end, the transitions of this family. Absolutely. I actually, I did see it uh, with John and I thought you, but a, a big group of us saw it at the Maybe El Capitan. But uh, I actually have a kind of a interesting experience with mm. this one. I was working um, at Disney in the script clearances department. Yes. Oh, wow. And uh, about... Six months before Incredibles came out. No, it must have been more than that. It must have been like eight or nine months before Incredibles came out. My boss, I was the assistant, but this is the department that did clearances and made sure everything was okay and whatever. They called me in and uh, they told me that there was nobody in the department that knew anything about superheroes. And there was this new Pixar movie coming out, which of course I'd already read about. And could I watch the animatic and give them any oh notes God, about uh, any superhero stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and literally had a, had a security person with a briefcase wow. come to the office and give us a copy of the animatic. And I had to sit in a room with a legal pad and watch the animatic and make all my notes and then hand the animatic back to this person who put it back in the briefcase and left. It was very like cloak and dagger uh, and made all my notes. So I actually got to see this movie at the animatic phase and then subsequently went to go see it on the Disney lot three or four times at different points in the process to see uh, animatic to rough animation to polished animation to lighting and so by the time we all saw it together I think I was I had already seen it like six or seven times and I think I probably saw it six or seven times after that in the movie theater what was that like seeing that first animatic uh amazing I mean 
Uh, you know, it, watching an animatic is is really fun because when an animatic is good, even though characters aren't really moving, it comes alive for you. So, uh, you know, watching that movie, little things here and there change. I mean, obviously they were still working on the movie yeah. and everything, but. Uh, uh, you know, it was so funny because you get to the finished product and you see scenes that come alive, like, which we'll talk about, but like Dash running on water or all that kind of stuff. And you're like, I, I feel like I already saw it because your imagination goes wild when you're watching the moving images and, mu mat and music and everything. It's, it, was, it was really, really exciting. And particularly because of my love of both animation and superheroes and comic books, the fact that I got to see this one early was really just one of those amazing we, you know, we talk about this a lot, like when you move to L.A. and before you get to do the thing, I'm lucky enough to be doing now professionally right. what I've always wanted to do. But I was just an assistant at that time. So that was one of those weird L.A. opportunities that came up that was just so like almost the universe telling you you're doing everything right. Keep yeah. going. Wow. Did, did any of your notes end up in the film? Like, did you do you, you see anything that you might? No, I mean, look, I, I Pixar really knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't think anything that my lowly assistant ass said uh, really, really made a difference. But mostly, and you know, for also, <laughs> I will say this: uh, one of the things that was frustrating about working in a clearance department is they are more often than not the group that tells creatives, "No, you can't do something." Oh. And I was such a Pixar fan that I was probably more inclined to be like, it's all awesome. There's nothing weird about it at all. It's amazing. Um, so I wasn't actively trying to get anything put in there or taken out either. Fair enough. Um, so this is our first Pixar film. So I, I, I don't want to go into a huge uh, history of Pixar, although if you want to, there's documentaries, there's wait, the wait, Pixar wait. story. You saw it. When did you see it? What, what did your I was in the theater right at the time when it came out. And okay. maybe I was in El Capitan. I, okay. usually, usually when I've seen something at the El Capitan, I can picture the movie theater. Right. And sometimes they do a little show before, and sometimes there's... And I not that's not I'm in my brain. I'm pretty sure you were with us. I, I, I believe you. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird to me. That I don't actually remember. I know I saw it. In it the would theater. be weird to me that you weren't with us yeah. for that one. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the experience though? Like, do you remember what it was like the first time? Of course, I love this movie. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, much the... that you don't remember seeing it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Pixar. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, Out to Emory. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Pixar's first run of what twelve movies yeah. is maybe the greatest run in in Hollywood history in film. I mean, it's so good. There's like there are no stinkers in there. There's it's all movies like each one's like amazing, and and by the time you get to Incredibles, this is a real. It's funny. I know that in each movie they're pushing the technology and pushing what they can do with story. Um, and but I think Incredibles is a real jumping off point. It's a huge well, departure for them. It's a huge departure, and also uh, all of CG animation owes uh. Brad Bird and the character design team and the technical team on Incredibles a huge debt because I don't know if people remember this, but you know, CG animation up to that point had a real uncanny valley problem. Right. There can you been... explain what that means, the uncanny Sorry. valley? Uh, I can. Um, so with 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 CG animation, uh, there was this big problem where like you would animate things and uh, you would animate humans and they would look almost human. <laughs> They would almost move right, but then it would just be like this giant dip of like it really – it's the, it's the area where we as human beings are looking at something and we know it looks messed up and wrong. And it's cre almost creepy. Like there's a the, – the because things that are less human and less realistic, we totally accept. Yeah. yeah. But as they approach realism, it gets – Somebody asked me why that was and I explained to somebody that not every human being is an artist 
but every human being spends every minute of every single day observing other humans and their movements. So I might watch a dog running in CG animation and think it looks mostly okay. But when you're watching a human, the, the tiniest thing messes you up. And so there was movies like the Final Fantasy movie that tried to be very photorealistic oh, right. oh, yeah. that was super weird and creepy. That's 100% the Uncanny Valley problem. And even like early Pixar Polar was Express. like... Uh, Polar Express. Well, that was more mocap. Oh, was it? Uh, oh, but but okay. even like uh, the early Toy Stories then with Andy, the Toy Story movies, Andy, his mom, whoever. Yeah, you didn't want to see Sid, those humans. They looked a little weird, right? And the thing that happened with Incredibles that nobody had ever done quite this way before is they uh, morphed the bodies to not be remotely human. They yeah. went they went down the cartoon design path. So like, you know, Bob is huge and incredible and Elastigirl is all curvy and like everyone is kind of squashed and stretched and done much more design oriented. And it allowed them to sort of sidestep some of those Uncanny Valley problems. And then a lot of movies after that started adopting that look. And CG has come so far now that we can practically do anything. So it's less of an issue. But this was the first movie that really, I mean, Bob has tiny little legs and a giant upper yeah. body. And it up to that, people kept trying to make things look more or less regular human in CG. And they really went for it in this. I mean, Edna Mode is what? Half as tall yeah. as anybody? Well, yeah. Well, and, and the thing that Brad Bird said over and over again is that cartooning is caricature. And I think that's so it goes exactly with what you're saying is that the strength and, and and so let's talk a little bit about Brad Bird. He is one of the guys who was at the first class of Cal Arts in the '70s, which is a legendary time for animation. And John Lasseter there, I, th I think Tim Burton was there, mm -hmm. and he had wanted to be. He what I didn't know about him was that he wanted to be an animator from the beginning and had sent things to Disney and Disney recognized him and they sent and he developed a relationship with one of the nine old men. Um can you describe who the nine old men are? I can't remember all their names but these no, are like Walt, yeah, but these names. are Walt's these are Walt's original animators. I mean these are the guys that figured everything out as Walt was like, why don't we do this? How about this? Why couldn't we do this? I mean these guys are the, you know, it's like uh Frank and Ollie who are actually oh, yeah, in Ollie Johnson and yep. Uh, Milk Call, like a lot of these guys. Milk Call's the one who was his mentor. So in high school, he's hanging out with Milk Call, learning about how to draw. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to CalArts, and then he works at Disney fairly briefly, it sounds like. He was on the Fox and the Hound, which is not Disney's you know best age. But it was when Tim Burton was there. No, yeah, it's Lassiter's very funny. There. If you watch... Um if you watch, it's very funny uh, to what you're talking about. If you watch the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty, um, which is about Disney animation from about Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron time to when, it, to when Lion King comes out. And if you watch the Pixar documentary, both of which are excellent, they actually both share a little bit of film footage that has Lasseter and I think Tim Burton and a couple other people because it was all those guys who were there at that time that even though Disney animation was at a low point, some of these most amazing people who have gone on to do amazing things were all there at the same time frustrated with what Disney animation right. had become. Well, and they're the guys who learned at the footsteps of the masters because those the nine old men were teaching at CalArts. Yeah. So, uh, so Brad Bird leaves Disney and he goes off and works on – the Simpsons at the Tracy Ullman show. He's one of the original guys animating The Simpsons. He, he by the way, he directed some of my favorite episodes. He directed Krusty Gets Busted, which is the first Sideshow yep. Bob mm -hmm. one, and uh, Like Father, Like Clown, which is just fantastic episodes of The Simpsons. And then he goes off to direct his first animated feature, which is The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. And that is a fantastic movie that bombed. Yep. Well, yep. Warner Brothers didn't know what to do with it. They dumped it in August. They didn't really promote it. I saw it in movie theaters and thought it was one of the great. Still think it's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. It's so amazing. It's so powerful. And that's when Brad Bird 
popped up on my radar. I was like, who is this right. guy? And so I knew who he was after that. So when I heard that he was doing this Pixar movie, I was very excited. And so he, but the, but it bombs at the box office and he's freaked out. So who does he call his old buddy, John Lasseter, and pitches The Incredibles, which is an idea he had like 10 years before. And, and what's interesting is up to that point, only people coming out of Pixar had directed Pixar movies. Yeah, Brad Bird was the first one they brought in. And he brought in all of his 2D animators to Pixar, none of whom had worked in with computers, had worked in 3D. And it sounds like there was both a culture clash and it was hugely beneficial to all of them to work each other. It really pushed Pixar to the next place. And one of the things I love, if you if you look at the history of Pixar, and my favorite book, by the way, is Creativity, Inc., which is Ed if anybody book. If anybody hasn't picked it up, you should absolutely pick it up. If you're a lover of animation, it's a great uh, book. But also, if you're a lover of like how to make a creative environment and how to create and foster uh, a world like what Pixar created. It's amazing. It's an amazing how-to book. It is the it is the best book on the creative process and, and managing the creative process I've ever read. And one of the things that you see in that book, and it's very clear in, in what happened with Incredibles, is it's not like it's a warm, fuzzy place all the time at Pixar. It's every pe- group of people pushing each other to do so that technology is pushing pushing the animators, the animators are pushing technology, the story people, they're constantly putting their things up to be discussed and talked about and all in the service of making the thing better mm-hmm. um i think that yeah. was great about doing the tour when i did visit oh, two yeah. three years ago uh, michael's been there but i i went on a tour for the junket for the inside out blu-ray the schmozno sent me and we went through that process they took us department by department as if we were creating an animated feature it was really incredible and you would sit there and you would design, you would draw, you would have the, and then people would comment. You would create a story, write a script, and then people would comment on the script you wrote, on the designs you came up with for the animation, and then they'd show, and then they showed us the computers that they they used to uh, to create this anime. So you, it really was going through the process, and there was their way of showing you what happens here at Pixar in a microcosm. So what you're saying makes absolute sense, and they do it on purpose to get yeah. people to understand how Pixar creates what they create. And and I don't when I said it's not a warm fuzzy place, I don't mean to be, say that it's not a that they're not nice people, no, no, no. but just that everything is in service to the story. Well, I think know? that's a big uh, thing that I got out of Creativity Inc. And I think something that with Pixar and with Brad Bird and with everything is I, I love hanging around nice people. When you're trying to build a story, you don't want nice, you want honest. Yeah. yeah. And you can be honest in in the in the desire to make a story better and better and better, but you have to have a tough skin creatively to be in that kind of environment. It's not easy. And it's interesting because it's still collaborative, yeah. you know, in a huge way. Pixar is hugely collaborative, as opposed to we've talked a lot about the Kubricks and the auteur directors where, like, it's my way, I have the great vision. That's not how a movie at Pixar works. Mm. Um, speaking of the movie, shall we jump into it? Let's jump in. It starts with that great score. Mm-hmm. Michael Giacchino. Mm-hmm. And it is a score that owes so much to 60s jazz Bond <laughs> scores. And it, it's just a, a comp- and that's not the kind of score that people are putting in movies at the time. Mm. Um, and we go right into some interviews. This is someone. That's fine. I mean, I can break through walls. I just can't. That's fine. Get this. <clears throat> so, Mr. Incredible, do you right. have a secret identity? Every superhero has a secret identity. I don't know a single one who doesn't. Who wants the pressure of being super all the time? 
it's such like a it's a, it's such the perfect way to start this yeah, movie. Agreed. Of course, I have a secret identity. Can you see me in this at the um, at the at the supermarket? Come on, I would want to go shopping as a last girl. You know what I mean? The genius of it because it goes because most people watch the movie at this time. What has been their exposure to superhero movies? Right, it was Batman, the '89 Batman. It was the the uh, the Superman, Superman from the '70s. But most of us watched the older stuff too, and we understood what it was like. And you hear the flickering, like of the of the tape and all of that when they're speaking about it. And they instantly, and you see him. He Incredibles in great shape. Elastigirl looks, you know, young and beautiful. And you have all this stuff going on, and they're all speaking about their dreams. And the way it ends, it kind of lingers. Well, but also, that it's, ending. I believe I'm right. I, it's been a business rush, but I believe because it actually it flips like Elastigirl. Wants to just keep doing the yeah, superhero she's thing. Like, yep, going looking and at it's, uh And it's Mr. Incredible's like, yeah, I think about one day about settling down. And uh, Sometimes I think I just like the simple life, you know, relax a little and raise a family. Settle down? Are you kidding? I'm at the top of my game. I'm right up there with the big dogs. Girls, come on. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. Well, they all end up saying the opposite of what it's going to yeah. be because Frozone talks about keeping the ladies away yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's going to end up in a marriage. And and what's interesting, the, the thing that Brad Bird said uh, that he repeated throughout, the, and I think this is the theme of the movie, is the fantastic mixed with the mundane, mm-hmm. is that what we're seeing in this grainy interview, very real kind of thing because he's playing with his microphone and he's mm-hmm. going in out of focus and he's kind of not saying everything perfectly is... This is ordinary. Yeah. These we're taking the superhero characters and we're making them really, really human and normal and ordinary. Can you imagine me going shopping in my Elastigirl exactly. outfit? Yeah, go grocery. But it, but it really is because it's like it, it. Yeah, everything they say is is the opposite. But yeah, Elastigirl is very clearly against having a normal life. Yeah. Yep. Mr. Incredible sort of waxes poetic about it before he gets up with the mic. And like just the way the camera tips and you hear the people <laughs> in the back be like, oh no, you just like it's like it really does go. God, it really grounds it. Yeah, and then. We dive right into big action sequence. Big action sequence. Yeah, yeah there's a car chase, and and I love that uh, you know some cops are chasing the car, and the 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 music again. There's that James Bondness to the music, and we see Mister Incredible. He's in a tux. He overhears the police chase. He checks his in-car map, which is very cool, because one thing we should say is this movie is very early 60s. We're a little vague about what the actual reality is, mm-hmm. but it's like a it's like an alternate universe where it's more modern technology, but very much in the early 60s, like yeah. Dr. No era. And he goes, oh, I, I, I think I got time. The car does some magical things to change him into his costume. The car converts into the incredible car. Incre- I thought it was the Incredible. No, it's the Incredible car. The Incredible car. I'm pretty sure. Okay, and uh, and it is super cool. And right as he's chasing off against the bad guys, a little old lady steps in the street. Can you save my cat? With a British accent. Yeah. With a random British accent. <laughs> it's a weird little accent. <laughs> right? But I think I always, I, always, I always refer to this whole sequence as just the golden age because what's really great yeah. for the purposes of it's the exactly movie, right. yeah. we have to understand in a very limited amount of time what they lost. Right. And everything in this sequence, because like, look what he does. Like, it, I think within the period of like five minutes, he gets the cat out of the tree, stops the robbers. <laughs> uh, you know, it was the last. We'll get to it, but like, last girl on the roof, bomb voyage, like everything. The, the train, the incredible car, everything. Within a few minutes, they they took all the cool stuff about being a superhero yeah. and just jammed it in there, which I think is amazing. But we can yep. continue and go through it bit by bit. But like, I because uh, it's so well, good. No, this but. is exactly right. There's a there's a tour bus robbery, and he's still got time for that. Yeah. Um, and there he sees Incredible Boy. Cool. 
we're ready for takeoff. What the? Who are you supposed to be? Well, I'm Incrediboy. What? No. You're that kid from the fan club. Brophy. Bro, Brody. Bud. Buddy. Buddy. My name is Incrediboy. <laughs> Reaper. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's his number one fan. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't give him a lot of uh, attention. He ejects him from the car. <laughs> he ejects him from the car. Um, and we go up to a rooftop where there's a thief, and the guy draws his gun, and what happens? Boom. Elastigirl. Knocks him out. And the way that she flips and stretches around him is, look, I, I might be gay, but I even know that's sexy. Elastigirl. Mr. Incredible. No, it's all right. I've got him. Sure you've got him. I just took him out for well, you. Sure, you took him out. His attention was on me. A fact I exploited to do my job. My job, you mean? A simple thank you will suffice. Thanks, but I don't need any help. Whatever happened to ladies first? Well, whatever happened to equal treatment. Hey, look, wait. The lady got me first. <laughs> Which ends with him going, her, her going, well, maybe you need to be more flexible. flexible. <laughs> and then I love her exit as she kind of flips off, flips off and stretches across to the old to the next building. Um which is brilliant, isn't it? They, they, I mean, this is, a, in essence, Fantastic Four. You have her being Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. which is very interesting mm-hmm. in the whole yeah. way around it. Oh, and yeah. He, yeah, and he's kind of the thing because he's a strong dude handling everything. But also what I love about this whole sequence here is, this was actually, uh, watching it again for this podcast, it's a little harder of a film than you think. Like, when he throws the tree down, that dude goes through the windshield. That guy goes oh, through yeah. the windshield. And later on, he's going to throw his balls through a yeah. wall. So like this is like not a you know kids necessarily type movie. There's some hard moments in this movie, so it, it's interesting. Well, it's tough being a superhero. Yeah, a I lot guess of stuff so. Happens. But, and even in the scene on the roof is a little sexy. It's a little sexier oh, than you would normally see in an animated series. There are a couple of show. moments that are a little sexy yeah, in this right. movie. And now we hear there's a, a guy jumping off a building. He saves that guy, <laughs> drives him through a window. This is going to come back to haunt him. And then we hear about bomb voyage. Which, by the way. The French mime with Listen. the bombs, bomb voyage, <laughs> still my brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> still my favorite. Sacre bleu, Mister Incredible. When he sees in, the Incredible and he says something in French to him about being a child, oh my god, I yeah. lose it every time. Well, th- well, it's so funny. So, Incredible. you know, as we sa- said before, when I sit down and watch a movie, I'm, I've got my iPad and I'm taking notes. I stopped this movie to take notes more than I think anything else we've ever done because every single it is so dense yeah. with a great moment, a great design, a great shot, a great idea, a great joke, a gr- you know, like all of this. It's so much that I'm actually even as we're going, I've already skipped stuff yeah. because there's just so much that's so good. Well, and then and then the scene with Incredible Boy. I yeah. mean, so he's he's basically he's like, look, I made myself super like you. I did it myself. I built these. Isn't this neat? Yep. And Mr. Incredible is just not having it. He no. doesn't want him there. Um, and then uh, Bomb Voyage. Yeah, throws the, throws the bomb. That, yeah, tra- sticks the bomb to his cape. Yes. Yeah. By the way. Fucking capes. 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 They're going to come back. Yeah. Um, and so he goes off to save uh, Incrediboy and grabs onto him as he flies away, ruining the flight. Um, he finally gets the bomb off of the bomb, of course, lands on some train tracks. And, and and it was interesting, too, the way he stops this train. First of all, there's a great moment of kind of, oh, no. Yeah. Because he yeah. knows it's going to hurt. And then it looks brutal in that train. <laughs> it does not look nice and that is another thing that is going to come back to haunt him um and 
now he's really, really late. Yeah. Jumps in the car. But also, wait, but also best line is when they put Buddy in the cop car. And he's like, I'm incredible. And he's like, you're not affiliated with me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but, then he is super late. And you see the cops like give him thanks. and oh, So there's a good relationship That's really there. important. Actually, good point. but no, even more important there is they're a little peeved at him. The cops are the cops are really happy with him. Yeah. At the beginning with the old lady yes. and everything like, "Oh, Mr. Incredible." When he when Bon Voyage is still out there and he leaves yeah. because he is super late, yeah. they're a little peeved. Wait, he got away? Yeah, yeah they're they a little bit. Right. Right. They're they're it's it's a, again, what's yeah. great about an animated movie in general, but what Brad Bird does in this movie is like times 10 is you only have a limited amount of time to tell a really big story. Mm. And so there's a really it's important that in the first moment you see the cops, like two minutes into the scene, they're like, ah, oh, Mr. Incredible, you're the best. You're awesome. And then you get to the end of this entire sequence mm-hmm. and they're like, what, you're just going to leave and Bon Voyage is out there? Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And that's important because that drives you right into what happens next. Yeah. Um. So he makes it to he, he gets it to a church and he's getting to a wedding just on time. There's Frozone waiting for him. They get the mask off and he goes up. And, th- and this is the thing that's. You could never go back to seeing it for the first time because I remember seeing it for the first time. It's like, oh my god, he's getting married! Oh my god, it's Elastigirl! Right, that is awesome. And then you retro to the conversation, go, oh, they were talking about each other. Yeah. She says, he says, what are you doing tonight? And she said, I've got a previous engagement. Yeah, well, she's like, when I when you said you had a previous engagement, I thought you were kidding. You- <laughs> Who gets married at night, though? Superheroes, I guess so. Um, and and I love that there's they're having their little private dialogue while the whole time with the priest is speaking. while the priest is giving yeah. their speech, and it gets to this point, this this time where they're talking about what it needs to have. You know, marriage you have to out. be more than Mister Incredible. Yeah, I and, do. And he says, "I do." That is a that is brilliant, brilliant screenwriting. I love you, but if we're gonna make this work, you gotta be more than Mister Incredible. You know that, don't you? So long as you both shall live, I do. This is what the film is about. This family, this union, this marriage, this couple, this family that's going to come from this couple. And that's what's so good. It gets you right in them because she's saying to him, she's doing that stuff that you've seen, the beats you've seen before in previous films or TV shows or even books you've read where she said, you know you got to do more. You're stepping up. You're And so automatically we know she's the one that's going to be driving the force, the, the driving force of the family. And he's going to have to, you know, kind of put away his things and be an adult. Put away well, his childish things and be an adult. And I love that. And, well, and this is the genius of... And he loves her when he says, I do. Of course he does. And this is the genius of the Incredibles, and we'll talk about it throughout, is that people think, or, or used to think, I mm-hmm. think much more so, when you do a superhero movie, the most important thing is the superhero stuff. And this movie is like, no, this is about a husband and a wife and a family and who they are as people and their, and, and, and their personal inside stuff. The superhero stuff is awesome. But the core of it is this relationships, and it ends with, you know, them talking about till you know, as long as we both shall live, no matter what happens. And his response yeah. is, "Hey, come on, we're superheroes. What could happen? What could go wrong? <laughs> what right. could happen? What could go wrong? Cut to, yep. We go back into this old sort of newsreel footage sort of stuff, and Mister Incredible's getting sued. Yeah." That that guy he saved, he didn't want to be saved. That whole lawyer thing is brilliant. I saved your life. You didn't save my life. You ruined my death. You ruined my death. <laughs> but yeah, and everybody His like supposed actions of heroic. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, yeah, the the, the, the train suicide, the suicide guy. Everyone on the train accident, like ever cross, and just just you sort of get that. And they do a really good job of just making this world feel very huge, and that all superheroes are going through are this going now. through this thing, and that the whole world. And you know, because we live in this litigious world that we live in, like this is 
Yeah, this, you this would it. happen. You watch it go, yep, yep, yep. What they want is give up your secret identities. And instead, the solution is that all the superheroes are going to go underground and they're not right. going to be superheroes anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then we cut Which, to. Which, in a way, is really interesting because this is so. I mean, I believe Incredibles came out long before the comic book Civil War came out. Yeah, but, like, yeah. what Civil War ultimately is mm. about superhero registration you can't run around and do this without the government responsibility and what happened in incredibles it's kind of the same thing mm -hmm. so it's just interesting how some of these ideas sure. about superheroes kind of track in different yeah. worlds john i can't tell you how excited i am about the cinephiles new sponsor an absolutely incredible game marvel strike force now anyone who's listened to the show knows that i've been reading comic books since i was five years old and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true you could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite marvel characters i mean everyone is there the punisher vision black panther cap or even my favorite marvel character of all time daredevil your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, yeah, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. And we cut to the cubicle. Oh. Ooh. This might be, there are remarkable, amazing designs throughout this entire movie. And by the way, one of the things that I found out is that I think there were 40 sets for, and a set, you know, they, they have to build a digital set mm -hmm. for these scenes to take place uh, in Nemo. And, and this movie has 120 sets. Yeah. Wow. The scale of this movie compared to anything Pixar had done before is just crazy. Yeah. I know it's silly to say, Bob's Cubicle is one of my absolutely favorite sets. It is amazing. His bulk, the, the sort of washed out, desaturated colors, the fact there's a big pillar that doesn't, I mean, like, it's just, it is so immediately hilarious. It's a it, terrible place to end up. Yeah, and it, it, and everything about it just reads as horrible. Yep. Yeah. I mean, horrible, horrible, horrible. This is a guy who was riding on top of the world, freedom all over the place, and here he is stuck in a small box yeah. with a pole around him and this poor old lady in front of him crying about her insurance policy. And what he has done is denied her insurance. Right. Because his job is to deny help to little old ladies. Denied? You're denying my claim? Oh, 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 I don't understand. I have full coverage. I'm sorry, Mrs. Hoganson, but our liability is spelled out in paragraph 17. Well, it states I, I clearly. I pay for this. Excuse me. Once again, the twist is great here, too, right? Because he was helping people all the time. Helping an old lady yeah. at the beginning of the movie, and here he is denying an old lady. Yeah. He does. And he gets he gets a call from Elastigirl saying that they moved in, and yeah. she's bathing the baby in the sink. It's very, very domestic, uh, and it's very domestic in, like, classic mid-century ranch house yeah you know home again the designs are fantastic and and in the cubicle the old lady is crying yeah. she's upset and 
Bob takes a quick look out into the other cubicles and, and does this beautiful line of, I'd like to help you, but I can't. I'd like to tell you to take a copy of your policy to Norma Wilcox on... Norma Wilcox, W-I-L-C-O-X, on the third floor, but I can't. I also do not advise you to fill out and file a WS-2475 form with our legal department on the second floor. I would not expect someone to get back to you quickly to resolve the matter. Well, and again, you just get this hint of, which is important, even though he is in this new life that is horrible, he can't help but be a hero. He's a hero. Like that is that is the thing of this scene is no matter how bad life has gotten, no matter how different it is, he cannot let go of helping other people. What was the thing we were talking about the other day, Mike, where you said like this, this, and that's the difference. This person was already a hero and they became a hero. Something. Oh, the daredevil thing. The difference between, oh, I was, re- I'm sorry. Maybe we weren't talking about, I was reading about it. The difference in daredevil where daredevil, there's a, where in Ben Affleck's daredevil, he doesn't like, the, how he gets blinded is different than how the Daredevil, the TV show, and the comic books because he's blinded by helping uh, pushing the old guy out of the way of this truck that's coming around the corner and the stuff falls out and goes into his eyes. In uh, I think in the Ben Affleck Daredevil, he's riding a skateboard and it happens. Whereas, so you don't, so he's you don't know that he's a hero. The kid's already a hero in right. the in the series as opposed to Ben Affleck's version of well, Daredevil. I mean, this is you know. Bob, Mr. Incredible, his essence is to be Mr. Incredible. Yeah. That is who he is. And so what has happened is society has come down and said, you cannot be who you are. Right. And that is what he's struggling with. That is the nature of his problem. She's happy. She's home with the kids, homemaking. She's enjoying this. I think she's and accepted it. I, I think... I don't, I don't know okay. if I'd go so far as to say... I don't know. I have to think about that. Well, she would call him to see we're officially moved in after three years in the house? That sounds like something I happy. think that she... I think she's making the best of it. I think she well, but there's there is no indication that she misses the life. Yeah, I think that Roka's right. I think you're right that deep underneath she probably does at some in some level, but she's convinced herself she's happy. I'm not going to argue the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's you know a, a lot of times what you do in marriage is you go you put on the good front and hey mm-hmm. this is great that we're doing this thing and and the only thing I would say I she's certainly way happier than him. Well, that's what I no yeah, question yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But. But man, there's a there's a real turn on when they go back to being heroes, right? Oh yeah, you know she 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 likes being Elastigirl too. Um, uh, and and the last thing that happens, by the way, with our old lady who is denied, I love that he says, "I'm sorry, ma'am. I know you're upset. Pretend to be upset." <laughs> and then we get to meet uh, Gilbert Huff, Wallace Shawn. Authorized payment on the Walker policy? Someone broke into their house, Mr. Huff. Their policy clearly covers I, I, him against... I don't want to know about their thing. coverage, Bob. Don't tell me about their coverage. Tell me how you're keeping Insuracare in the black. <laughs> and by the way, we should give shout-out to Craig T. Nelson, who we haven't yet... Oh, absolutely. ...as the voice of Mr. Incredible, and, of course, Holly Hunter as, as uh, yeah. Elastigirl. It was great. But yes, Wallace Shawn, who never disappoints. No. Ever. And, his, uh, and again, this is that thing Brad Bird said about cartooning his yes. caricature. I mean, look at this. This person... <laughs> He's like two feet tall, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Mister Incredible's like seven feet tall, and right. he's like two feet tall, and he is not pleased uh, uh, because he feels that your job is to deny people coverage to keep the company in the black. That's the job. Look, when he says, "Don't you want us to help our?" I'm legally obligated, obligated to say, say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant lines, man! Now we're at school, and we get to meet Dash, and Dash is in trouble. 
Has Dash done something wrong? Uh, he's a disruptive influence, and he openly mocks me in front of the class. He says... Look, I know it's you! He puts thumbtacks on my stool! You saw him do this? Well, not really... No, actually not. They wanted to cut this scene out of the movie. There was a lot... The movie was too long. It was too expensive. This is the longest Pixar movie. Yes, they had made it this... Something. Yeah, that they made at this point. I don't know if there's been a longer one since. Um, I think Cars is actually longer, but Ooh, I'm not 100% really? sure. I think it, Cars is a long movie. Feels wow. Um, I'll leave it alone. Uh, they talked about taking this out, and then finally they said it's so important to see Dash's who he is, mm -hmm. and that because he is in trouble, because somehow a thumbtack keeps ending up on the chair of this teacher, and they know Dash did it, but even with videotaping, they can't see Teacher it. is great. Teacher's great. He's so mad. And also, this is important because, again, like the using your superpowers or not using your superpowers, embracing who you are or not embracing who you are right. is such an important theme in this movie. And it's clear that even though Dash did not grow up in a world of supers, uh, he loves his powers yeah. and he uses them all the time. Yeah. Like and 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 what right after the scene? I mean, for the scene is great because the principal just thinks the teacher is a, a loon, <laughs> right? Because the teacher is not wrong. Like he can see that yeah. moment where Dash dashes, but it's just like it's there. I don't know what he did, but it's there. It's you, there. You can um, see it. Well, if but, I mean, I'm a teacher. If there kept being thumbtacks on my seat, I would start to get really upset. <laughs> but uh, but the scene right after this with Elastigirl and uh, and Dash in the car is probably like one of the most important like key Absolutely. moments of the movie yeah. because it's that moment about what makes you special, and it's like the, it, Dash having that problem with. You know, you're not letting me be who I am. You always say, do your best, but you don't really mean it. Why can't I do the best that I can do? Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in. And to fit in, we just okay. got to be like everybody else. But Dad always said our powers are nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers made us special. Everyone's special, Dash. Which is another way of saying no one is. Mm. That's a big... That's a big line. But th th once again, this is the characteristic of the Pixar movies. They're, they they seem to be for kids, but they really are for adults. These are very mature conversations that they're having this idea. That, like, the kid comes back with this idea saying that no one's special. Then if everyone's special, because you can't be special, you have to have normal people in order to compare to see something special. If everyone is special, no one can be special. And that's such a brilliant, like, comeback. And, it, and what he's saying here to him kind of connects to what Bob in says Incredible Boy says to oh. says to him when he says he wants you to say, make everyone super you say follow you you know follow who you are inside but you don't say which part are you to follow well i know who i am i'm incredible i'm your ward right he does that and this is what well, this is that same kind of speech coming back in a different way well i thought you were going to say something else which is interesting because it also applies to what's his plan his plan is that he's going to sell all of his stuff to the normal people so that everybody can be super which means nobody's super yeah you know i mean we kept and this is the thing like i don't want to take a big tangent on it but we we live in a world where everybody gets a trophy is a real thing yeah and i don't like it okay. i i I, I think what what sort of happened was that we realized at a certain point the vast importance of self-esteem and that there were a lot of kids who were the kids who weren't the football right. star and weren't the this and weren't the that. And they went, oh, well, these people need to have good self-esteem and they need the love and the attention and to feel that they're special. And I totally agree with that. And like lots of things in society, we then overcompensate mm -hmm. by then just saying, well, everybody is a winner. And it's like, no, we, we actually need to have, because the thing that happens is why try? Yeah. You know? That when Possibly. someone works really hard, there should be an acknowledgement that, hey, that was pretty amazing. 
Yeah. But I think some people are driven too, irregardless. I think some people are driven I agree. irregardless. Totally agree. But I but I hear your point. It's a very good point. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly what they're struggling with. And now we get to meet our other kid, mm-hmm. uh, which was to go off to junior high to meet Violet. Mm-hmm. Sarah Val. Great, great voice great acting. Voice. Yeah. Doesn't this she wasn't known for this. She's a writer. Yeah. She's a writer. And it's like a young, she, I think she's a young adult writer and she wrote for the Times or whatever. And then she just, I don't know how she got the job. Well, she was a This American Life person, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. And so we heard her voice on the, ra- on the radio gotcha. a lot. And okay. she has just one of those wonderful she voices. Does. And this character is so, she's shy. She's got a crush on this boy. Mm-hmm. The boy starts to come down and she makes her head disappear so she can't see him. <laughs> um, it, it's just great. And here's the thing that uh, Brad Bird said was he wanted. He designed the powers specifically to fit the character. Of course, yeah. You know, Dad feels that his job is to be strong. That's the in the, in the classic. Mom is, mom is being stretched in all directions, taking right. care of everybody. The son, like, is a look before you leap, like run all around the place, yeah. super speedster, yeah. and she is shy. And, and shy so, and whenever it, she gets nervous, she turns invisible and wants to protect herself. So she yeah. has shields. I mean, and it's just so perfect. Yeah. I I never thought about it until listening to the commentary track yeah. last night. I'm like. Oh my god! Of course, that's exactly what it is. Um, Bob's car, I love as much as his cubicle. But it's supposed to reflect what he's dealing with, right? He is trapped in yeah. this box. Absolutely, he goes from cubicle to car. Even in the house, which has more space, he still feels trapped. Yeah, I mean, and he's well, not he, who he can be. He's who such wants a to be. big character compared to everybody else, design-wise. That no matter where he is, um, especially now because he's heavier. Yeah, than he was in the past, but like he's so big that. Anywhere he is, he's sort of moving around things. Like he just, it's a constant sense of he's just, the world is too small for him. Well, and this is the thing about animation. I when I when I teach film school, I, I show animation, you know, fairly often. And part of the reason is is that in animation, unlike anything else, everything is a choice. Every single thing you do, every prop that is used, every set design, every color, every piece of clothing, the weather, all those things were done on purpose for a reason. And you can see that throughout this movie. Every single thing is this way for a reason. And that car is a great example. He gets home, gets out of the car, slips on a skateboard. <laughs> Grabs the car, crushes it a little bit, slams the door, breaks the glass, and then is just so angry that he picks up the car, and that shot of that kid on that tricycle. (laughs) That bubble bubble blowing up. That is hilarious. Um, Now it's dinner time. We're sitting down. Um, mom is, and this is great because this is the first time we've seen the whole family together. Yeah, yeah. Like we've gone to the whole movie. We saw we had one. We had the scenes with the last girl and, uh, and and Mr. Incredible at the beginning, but this is the first time we see the family unit, including Jack Jack. Yeah, yeah. and ah, <laughs> oh, Jack Jack. So many. Th- I by the way, that's one of the things I'm looking most forward to in Incredibles too. Oh yeah, yeah. is what's going to happen with Jack Jack. Um, and, but again, Bob is disconnected. He's reading at the table, uh, to, and Mom wants Dash to tell what happened at school. And and Bob is not present with the family. No. And finally, we kind of get the story out of that he was caught on tape, but you still couldn't see it. And what's Bob's reaction? They caught you on tape and you still got away with it? Whoa. You must have been booking. How fast do you think you were Bob, going? We are not encouraging this. I'm not encouraging. I'm just asking how fast you Honey! Well, A, he's thrilled about it. But B, to your point... Bob is not connected to his family. And we know he loves his family, but Bob is not connected to regular suburban life. He has no interest in dinner, what happened at school, how was your day. The thing that lights him up 
is Dash uses superpowers and yep. got away with something. Yeah. And he's like, how fast were you going? And that, and like him and him and Dash have this moment where they're excited and Elastigirl shuts it down. And it's important mm-hmm. because everything about this is superhero superpower stuff gets shut down. I'm trying really hard to maintain normal life because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And you are clearly not into it. And God, you light up every time. And it makes me mad because yeah. anytime the superpowers right. stuff, like that's where you get excited. Mm-hmm. Well, and because as we're going to get into later, that's about him. Yeah. You know, and that mom is going, this is, this is our lives. This is our family. And, uh, Dash and Violet get into an argument and start chasing each other around. And mom is trying to break it up. And Bob is no help. No, nope. goes ends up in the kitchen. He's in the kitchen trying to get a new kitchen. plate because he shattered that plate trying yeah. to cut the meat. Um, and he's in the kitchen. That's where we find out that one of the superheroes, Gazer Beam, Gazer has, Beam. has disappeared. Yeah, but it's an interesting name, Gazer Beam. Yeah, Gazer Beam. Like it struck me this time. Why? It's an interesting name. I mean, why? Bob Voyage <laughs> makes sense. That's fun. What is Gazer like? Gaze, like gaze, right? Yeah. Is that what he means? Like yeah. gazing into the soul. Like like gaze like you like you look gaze okay okay good you gaze at something that's what I'm that's what it struck me this time I was like oh this is kind of a, a slightly inventive name yeah yep um I'm really excited you were excited about <laughs> no that. Just, I, it's just got you know little things like that but Back. you know what the cinephiles has opened my eyes Steve that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you were almost like differently. gazing Ay-oh. at new things Ay-oh. uh back in the dining room the doorbell rings and of course they were right in the middle of you know Bob's lifted up the the couch and the, all their superhero parties. You want me to? Parties. You want what does she? What does he say? To get I need you to engage. You want me to engage? I'll yeah. engage. And that's when the doorbell rings. And of course, who is there but Frozone? Frozone. And of course, you do see it, but like right because like they all freeze, and you do see like it, again visually, you're getting this idea that like suburban life was completely ruined by superheroics because right. she's stretching. There's force fields. Dash is running. He's literally lifting everything over his head. It's like these people do not belong in normal right. world. Right. Like right. that is not what's what's meant to be. But yeah, then. Frozone comes in, the ice moment with Dash. <laughs> Which is very fun. You know, of course, we got Samuel L. Jackson as a great, great Frozone, and yeah. they're heading out because it's bowling night. Yeah. What's interesting, too, is I think they're really smart to places at the time that they placed it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you get that vibe that, he, you know, he's the breadwinner, she's supposed to stay home. That, that old, the old stereotypes of that kind of stuff, right? That was what existed back then. But there's also this undercurrent going on in the suburban life, this desire for more. Irregardless of their heroes, we saw this happening with men and with women. This idea that they're stuck in this life, but they wanted more. The men wanted to be boys again, wanted to play again. The women wanted to be loved and wanted the men to love their family as much as they love going out and doing these other things. Which, which is one of the things that's so exciting to me about Incredibles 2, which is clearly about Elastigirl being the career mom and Mr. Incredible being the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So you're right, 100%. This movie has a lot of those elements, and the fact that they're switching that around for Incredibles 2, I'm super stoked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yes, bowling night. We head off to go uh, bowling. We're in the car. We're not bowling. We're listening to the police band. We we hear, by the way, Frozen reminiscing about an old story where we first hear the term monologuing, which <laughs> I love the term monologuing. I think, and that was introduced in this movie, right? Yeah. Um, I don't I, know if it was, maybe. This is where I think of it from. But I mean, is- I do love it because it's like one of the things that's so fun about this movie is the way it uh, is a love letter to superhero stories, mm-hmm. but also pokes fun at the conventions. And this is a big one. It's the monologuing. It's yep. the villain literally telling you exactly what he's going to do while right. you're tied up in certain death, which is never certain death. Right. And we hear they've kind of been doing this for a while and, and Frozone a little bit against it and we're going to get caught. 2356. What is that? Robbery? This is just sad. Yeah. Robbery. You want to catch a robber? No. Tell you the truth, I'd rather go bowling. Look, what if we actually did 
what our wives think we're doing just to shake things up. And then we actually see that there's somebody watching them from another car yep. in the distance. And finally, yeah. we hear there's a fire. And they can't quite resist it. And they pull out to go to the fire. And the car follows them. Yep. And we're in the fire. And they're kind of dressed up in masks. And mm -hmm. uh, they're helping a lot of people. And they need Frozone to put out the fire. But he's dry. No moisture. No moisture Got, in no the air. Got none of it. Yeah. And finally... Uh, I do also get to see how these guys... Because, you know, as, as again, we saw that Golden Age scene at the beginning yeah. where, he was, yeah. where they were all at the top of their games. And you see, like, they're not at the top no. of their games anymore. No, no not at all bust through the the wall the whole building collapses they end up in another wall and they are in a jewelry store with the alarm going off <laughs> and again i just want to say same as with that golden age scene is you're doing the great job of like they hit every superhero convention you literally go from burning building directly into jewelry store heist yep. like i mean you just you it's just one it's thing after stuff. another where you're just hitting every classic moment yep. and i love that the realization that we look Bad guy. Get this bad guy. Freeze. 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 And it always bothered me. Uh, actually, here, you know, you were asking me before about what it was like watching the animatic versus watching uh, the movie. And that's, this is one thing that I forgot about until just now is when I saw the animatic and he froze the cop, yeah. it really bugged me because I was like, did he just kill a cop? Mm. But then I saw the movie. And it's very clear that the cop is not dead because his eyes are his moving into the ice. So yeah. that was one of those moments where yeah. at the animatic, I was like, that's an interesting choice. And in order to freeze the cop, Frozone has to just pour himself a little glass of water, finally drinks it, and then he can do it, which is great. Which I thought was an homage to the Pulp Fiction scene when he has with Tim Roth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You and know I, what? I, I want to start similar, using that. It's a similar uh, yeah. moment. And by the way, Brad Bird was totally against the frozen bullet in the air because he just felt the physics were impossible. Oh. And they finally convinced him of it. And he is thrilled that he did. And that goes to that Pixar thing of people suggesting things and arguing things and pushing to get the best possible things. And uh, so we've frozen the cop and our guys disappear. It's late at night, and Bob is sneaking back in home. I love that he's humming the Incredibles theme. <laughs> yeah. That is everybody awesome. should have their own theme song. Yeah. Eating that last piece of cake, I think he's gotten away with it. Nope. Light switches on. Chair flips around. There's Helen. I thought you'd be back by 11. I said I'd be back later. I assumed you'd be back later. If you came back at all, you'd be back later. Well, I'm back. Okay. And I love this fight. And actually, if anybody's read Creativity Inc., there's a great story about oh, this I fight. Oh, I don't remember it. Uh, to Kind of to your point of what you were saying about uh, Pixar being collaborative. So Pixar has the brain trust, all the people that kind of right. watch all the animatics, discuss everything. And the first time that they all watch this scene, you know, Elastigirl kind of calls Bob out, realizes where he's been. He kind of fumbles into it, admits that he was out doing stuff, and they get a big fight about what he's doing, the superhero life versus the suburban life. Right. And he gets really angry at her. And then she yells at him and says, this is not about you. And when they watched this movie originally and the brain trust, they all said that they had to, he, that Brad Bird had to rewrite the scene because Bob was really aggressive. And it seemed like he was about to beat up like Elastigirl. It was not, it was not, it didn't work. The scene didn't work. And he was like, I don't want to rewrite the scene. This is what the whole movie's about. This is, this is the central debate about this movie. And they're like, well, you got to do something. You got to rewrite it. And he was really pissed, but he did respect everybody in that room. And he went and thought about it and he looked at it and he thought about it. And he finally realized that the problem was that Bob is so huge and Elastigirl right. is not. Mm. And so when he's yelling at her, even when she says, this is not about you, she's yelling at him, but he's a ginormous dude. So he was like, oh, 
she stretches. So when you watch the scene, he reboarded it so that when she gets mad at him, she starts getting oh. bigger. So she, this is not about you. And she's looking down at him. And he showed the scene again. And everybody's like, oh, good. You rewrote it. And he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but all of a sudden it was okay because she didn't. She was powerful. She's yeah. powerful. She can hold her out against him. Yeah. And I always thought that was such a cool thing because he didn't change a word of it. It's yep. it's cause and, and good that he didn't because that that discussion, that fight between them, super important. Look, I performed a public service. You act like that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing, Bob. Uprooting our family again so you can relive the glory days is a very bad thing. Reliving the glory days is better than acting like they didn't happen. Yes. They happened. But this, our family, is what's happening now, Bob. And you are missing this. I can't believe you don't want to go to your own son's graduation. It's not a graduation. He is moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. It's a ceremony. It's psychotic. They keep creating new ways to celebrate mediocrity. But if someone is genuinely exceptional, then This is not about you, Bob. This is about Dash. You want to do something for Dash? Then let him actually compete. Let him go out for sports. I will not be made the enemy here. You know why we can't do that. Because he'd be great. This is not about you! By the way, this is one of the weirdest... There are certain times where as a writer, I'm sure you've experienced this, where something magical happens in your story that you had planted something else in the past, having no idea that it was going to help you get through the problem you're seeing. He didn't make her be elastic in order to solve the problem in the scene, but that is actually what solves the problem. Yeah, That's amazing. Um, And of course, what happens at the this is not about you moment... We've discovered that the kids are watching this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and but to your point, I mean, you were talking earlier about you don't want to go on a tangent, but about giving everyone a trophy and everything right. else. Like Absolutely. that's literally what Bob says here. Yeah, I mean, that is literally his issue with just like he, how many graduations does he have to go to? It's not a graduation. It's just moving from like this grade to this grade. Like what like the, the, this whole idea that we make all of these things special, and he has been robbed of the thing that made him special. Yep. That's absolutely right. And, and and of course, the kids are freaked out. And I love that Bob does the, we're not fighting here. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and she's not quite willing to uh, put up a good front at this moment. We're just having a discussion. Pretty loud discussion. Yeah, but that's okay. Because what's important is that Mommy and I are always a team. We're always united against uh, the forces of... Uh, Pig-headedness? Uh, I was going to say evil or something. And she kind of knocks his hand off her shoulder. So we're not going to resolve this. And of course, we are going to resolve Bob's work because now we're back in Gilbert's office. And it was like arranged his pencils and is perfectly ready to have this, give him the speech about the job is like a clock (laughs) and every cog in the machine is whatever it is. And giant Bob is sitting there and he looks out the window and there seems to be a robbery in progress. And you know where he wants to be. Yeah. I think my favorite part, because he says, he says, he says, you know, there's a robbery out there. And his boss is just like, well, let's hope we don't insure it. Like, I mean, like, yeah. just like his his anger at his. And again, it's like it, consistently every point up till now, like any moment where he is not allowed to be the hero, any moment where he can't do the thing that he feels in his heart is right. And this is just the moment where he breaks and it's too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's this moment where like his eyes keep going out to the robbery and, and Gilbert grabs his face, yeah. like gets physical with him. And it's so like... I don't believe that big people should physically intimidate smaller people, but there is something really weird about this much smaller person, like getting physical with this huge man. And then he, he, he kind of breaks him down. He says, if you do anything else, you're fired. And then, and you think that Bob is going to back down. And then there's this moment where Gilbert says one too many things. He says, close the door. 
get over here now. Talks to him like a child. Yeah. And we see that Bob has crushed the doorknob. I'm not happy, Bob. Not happy. He got away. Good thing, too. <laughs> you were this close to losing your... It was so great. The shot of Bob, A, holding him up by the throat. <laughs> and then what's so great is, is that then Gilbert flies through a wall. Yeah. And you think that he's only gone through one wall, <laughs> the way they shot it. Right. And then the camera moves around and you see he's gone through like six walls. <laughs> and there's Bob way, way in the back. And it's one of the good reasons that this movie is so uh, uh, broad in its caricature style and its design style. Had this been a more realistic looking movie, had they all been more normal sized, uh, I don't think Pixar Disney would have allowed you know that to happen. Mm. But because he's no. so cartoony looking, it reads more like Looney Tunes Elmer yeah, Fudd. Totally. So yeah. even though it is uh, emotionally a big moment and yeah. it's an important scene, it's like you and can, it is assault and it is assault. Yeah, uh, you can get away with it because we're in such a broad cartoony universe. Yeah. Also, we hate Gilbert. Also, yes, we, we hate do. him. Yeah, uh, and but and he ends up in traction, and, <laughs> and then and then. Bob is talking to essentially his handler and going like, so I guess we're going to have to move again. I mean, that seems to be the implication. And it seems like this has happened before. Yeah. And that guy who's his handler uh, is been in a number of Pixar stuff uh, and he is famous for the with Jackalope. Jack, Jackalope? Yep. The Jackalope short. He does the voiceover oh. for that Jackalope short, which is where I first fell in love with that guy's voice. I love that short. Um, But yeah, and it's yeah, because up to this point, it kind of seemed like well, the superhero thing happened, and then they all moved into this house. And this is where you're like, yeah. oh. No, we've had a Bob's process. Bob's been doing yep. this for a while. So I think he says that in the fight. We're not relocating again. Yeah. I think she yeah. says that in the fight earlier. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, well, we know they moved in here three years ago. Yes. And it was a lot longer ago that the superheroes got shut down. So um, we're back home. Who's waiting for him? Little kid on the trike. Just <laughs> looking at him. And the way the kid says his line, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, something incredible, I guess. <laughs> and the, and Bob's response, me too, kid. Me too, kid. Me too. <laughs> He's in his office, and his office is essentially a shrine yeah. to Mr. Incredible. Yeah. And the glory days. To the glory days. And he finds an envelope, and there's something that looks kind of like an iPad today. I mean, kind of a lot like an iPad. I do love with this movie how like there's things that when we saw it, they're like, look at this futuristic device that got sent to him, and now we all have one. Yeah. And he's got, and it thank does. God, thank God Steve Jobs was around with Pixar and I know. Apple. <laughs> totally. That is actually an interesting thing. This is 2004. Yeah. yeah. And the iPhone comes out in 2007. Huh. And, and, and they were actually developing the touch stuff for the iPad. But wow. the iPad was in development before the iPhone. Huh. Hmm, that's interesting. interesting. That is interesting. So uh, so he gets an iPad. And it does a little face match thing on. It says, hello, Mr. Incredible. And we get our message from Mirage. Hello, Mr. Incredible. Yes, we know who you are. Rest assured, your secret is safe with us. My name is Mirage. We have something in common. According to the government, neither of us exist. Who is uh, voiced by the late great Elizabeth Pena? Yeah, she died a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I remember this in two thousand four. I remember feeling an incredible amount of pride when I recognized her voice as a Latino actor because we don't get yeah. to do a lot of these things and voice over these characters. So to see her, because I fell in love with her in La Bamba as an actress, and sure. so to see hear her voice 
voicing barrage. And it doesn't have to be a Latina. It did not have to be. It could have yeah. easily been a white person. No problem. But they cast Elizabeth Pena, and she's so good in this. And it's a gr- and she has a great voice. Yeah, she has a great voice. Um, and we hear that there's some sort of experimental tech that's gone wrong, and we need his unique ab- abilities. And it sounds like there's going to be a job, and the payment is triple his annual sal- salary. And, uh, and, and what she ends with is saying, The supers aren't gone, Mr. Incredible. You're still here. You can still do great things. Or you can listen to police scanners. This is like everything he's ever wanted. Right. And he looks up at his wall. Yeah. At all the images of his glory days. And he's like, yeah, I'm back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, at this moment, you know, uh, Helen is calling him and the message self-destructs. The smoke alarms go off and the sprinklers go off. And then we cut to them drying books with a blow dryer, a pink blow dryer, which I think, again, is very good design. Yeah. And this is where he kind of like lies to his wife. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I mean, this is the big the big lie. The I've got I've got a job. I got a promotion. Well, I think work. I think he decides in this moment because he says something's happened. And I think he's right on the edge of telling her I got fired. I assaulted mm-hmm. my boss and instead says, uh, I got this promotion. I'm going to go to a conference. Well, she's and the thing is to credit to her. She's trying to be understanding because she says you, you, you've lost that thing. You've lost the She's saying to him like you're not the same or something like that. And then that's when he starts in on the lie and says, oh, I'm going to convention. Then she's happy for yeah, him. They're oh, finally the finally yeah. They're finally recognizing. Yeah. It's so maddening, right? Because this is the bullshit that he has to deal with. But I, I don't care. I'm a hero. Recognize my talents. They don't need to recognize. I already know what my talents are. Let me do them. Right. But also, I mean, it's not her fault, right? It's just the yeah, same. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, I mean, you know, like, like a lot, like it's, it's kind of, I think, with the last girl, kind of, it gets to the bigger, some of the bigger uh, themes of the movie is that it's not that she hated being a superhero, no, no. and it's not that she's not good at it as we will see you know, oh, yeah. in the movie but it's that she she has accepted the way the world has decided to go and is trying to make the best of it and he cannot accept it right and i think that it, 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 i don't know there's something interesting about the husband and wife moment it's like they've even though he's not happy they've been doing this together they've been a team and we're going to get to a point later in the movie where they're a team, but this is the moment where they're not a team. Yes. Right. Like this is, he makes an active decision yep. to not include her in this because he knows she'll say no. Yep. yep. And he wants this. And I think also he thinks right now this is a one-off. Yep. Like, I don't think he thinks this is kind of like the moment where you're like, this isn't a permanent lie. It's not like I'm going to be a superhero full time. Right. There's a gig. I'm going to get a lot of money. She <laughs> never has to know. I get to go be super for a little bit. Right. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be happier because I got my fix. There's, there's no harm, no foul. Right. I, I think you've exactly described how he's thinking. And he <laughs> goes out and makes the phone call that he's in. And we end up on a very cool plane. Uh, where he's getting briefed by Mirage. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, there's just so there, I, things about the way the glass dims and the way things are revealed. There's so much design stuff to talk about that I'm just not going to talk about. But what we find out is there's this Omnidroid 5000 that is a some kind of weapon tech that they've lost control of and they need him to defeat it, but not destroy it. Right. And it has AI that's going to learn, so you better do it quickly. And he goes, yeah, got it, got it, got it. And they stick him in a pod. They try to. Which he doesn't quite fit Tons in. Tons of fun doesn't fit in there. <laughs> and again, this is the fantastic meeting the mundane. Yeah. Is that that's where the humor comes. They shoot him off down. He lands. And now he can't get out of the And thing. by the way, he lands on Nomanasan Island. <laughs> Didn't remember that was the name. The name of the island is Nomanasan 
Islands, <laughs> which I think is just maybe one of my favorite names. I mean, Never Neverland might be my favorite name for an island, but No Man is an Island is uh, close. <laughs> no Man is an um, Island. That's hilarious. Also thematically relevant. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Um, by the way, then he lands. And to your point about the, the super meeting, the mundane, I think one of my favorite shots in this entire movie is when he is running to find the Omnidroid. And there's that just moment where he does that thing that you do when you're a little bit out of shape mm-hmm. and you're running where you're like, huh? Ah! <gasps> you yep. kind of lean back. <laughs> you, oh, you stretch because your back is little. It's not, not, not all there. That's what's so fun about this movie yeah. is that is that it was great meeting the Golden Age, Mister Incredible. But this guy with the bad back and he's kind of overweight and he's not in great shape. <laughs> it's, by the way, what I I didn't realize, and apparently Brad Bird didn't realize this until the movie was already in production, is that the design of both Mister Incredible and of uh, Syndrome is based on him. <laughs> that's really funny yeah <laughs> if you look at brad bird's face there's a lot there um uh so he, but then he finds the omnidroid and they fight great action sequence yeah. great action sequence and it's a great mix of he's overconfident thinks he's done really well then realizes he spit off way more than he can chew and he's in actual trouble mm. you know being driven towards a, a lava flow yep and then, then, then his back goes then out. Then his back goes out, and now he's in deep trouble. But then the Omnidroid fixes his back, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's good. Which I love. I love the little laugh, the little moment when his back crack, when he cracks, Omnidroid fixes his back, and he goes, <laughs> 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 and yeah. then, and then he goes inside of it and busts it up from yeah. the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that great moment. It just kind of just great comedy is when he's like, because the Omnidroid's head is on the top. But then it comes out the bottom, like it yeah. can come either way, and he's like right underneath it, and the Omnidroid's looking around, but he's like right underneath it, can't see him, and like grabs the thing and goes up in there, like it's it's uh it's it's it's, it's perfect Pixar because yeah. it's action packed, super cool, yeah. and also really funny, and really funny, and uh, he's one. There's a little parrot that kind of is the observer, the yeah. spy camera, <laughs> the voyeur credit parrot, yeah. <laughs> and we hear that oh this is surprising he won. Let's invite him to dinner. That's syndrome. And, and, and yeah, we hear the voice of Syndrome. Yep. Um, and we're at dinner, and Bob gets a little glimpse of his mysterious uh, boss in again an unbelievable. Also, like lava flow That's dining. A, just going to say, awesome. lava flow dining. Just the James Bond vibe. Totally, absolutely. Well, this is what I mean. It's like every single set yeah. is amazing. So we're in this lava flow <laughs> dining room, and he sits down to have a meal with Mirage. I love that he's in a suit, but still wearing his mask. Yeah, and also like there's just there's just this lovely sort of flirty energy. Yeah, and like what's cool is we're seeing that the spark is back with him now. Yeah, like, this is not the guy who was not paying attention at the table. This is not the guy who was sitting in his cube or sitting in his car. Like right. he is charming and flirty and fun. Yeah. Like there's just this like great banter between them. Yep. Here's my question. How attracted to Mirage is he? He's oh. super attracted to Mirage. I think he is. I don't think he's at all. Okay. I don't think he's attracted to her at all. I think he loves his wife very much. I think what he's doing is enjoying being a hero. That's right. I it's, love my wife very much, and I've uh, never been attracted to anyone either. Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not, I, I am not saying that I think he would ever entertain cheating on his wife. But I am saying that I think it is important in this scene that there is a beautiful, attractive woman who is feeding into all of his desires about being a hero. Right. Like, there in no point am I saying in anywhere in this movie do they imply that he would ever cheat on Alaska. No, girl. no, no. But his wife, 
who he just lied to yeah. and is no longer being the perfect partner with, and he is now with the other woman in this movie mm-hmm. who is telling him all the things that he wants to hear. Right. So I think that there's definitely that element. I think it is important. I, I, I think she's stroking his ego. That, and that well, he's there's no question. No, of course she is. But that's that is all, exactly that's what, what I think it is. Well, yes, but the qu- the question is, is how much does he like having his ego stroked like this? Mm-hmm. And how is... I think, to, in my mind... He is embracing the not fantasy isn't the right word because it is a reality, but right. he's embracing this alternate reality and everything that comes with it. And one of the things that comes with it is a beautiful girl who is into him. Sure. Let me put it this way. Uh, I think what you said, what Brad Bird said in this movie, and this is the theme that keeps coming back everywhere, is this movie is about the super meeting the mundane. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bob's problem at the beginning of this movie is that he is living in the mundane right. and he's not allowed to be super. Everything about this on No Manasan is the super without the super without the mundane like he's the hero yep. mirage is the beautiful woman sure. who is telling him how amazing he is and how great he is as a super there's lava flows every, like the, the high tech everything like this is literally the opposite and the, what this movie ultimately is about is that to me i don't know that this is what everybody takes out of it is that you get to have both like at the end of the movie right. he gets super and yep. mundane like those things come together but for now he is firmly rooted in super only without the mundane without his wife who is nagging him or all the other yeah. things that were bothering him and i think that and i think that that's an important place for him to get to for him to get to where he needs to get later sure. you know what's funny uh, i 100% agree and what just occurred to me there's a line later on which is that helen says your secret identity is your most the most valuable thing you have and as you were talking, I suddenly went, oh, why is... Because always, that always struck me like, well, why is that exactly? And it is through the secret identity that you get to have both the super and the mundane. Yeah. Is that without the secret identity, you're only trapped in one world. Yep. And this way you get to have both worlds. Um, okay, so and speaking of both worlds, we're going to go back to our normal everyday world, except things seem a lot nicer now. <laughs> Training montage! <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it is a trading montage, but it's also like the happy family montage because yep. now he switches out his his car for a sports car. He he, There's this great moment where he grabs Elastigirl's butt and she, she does the stretch it. grab back from really far away. From really far away. Yeah. That's why there's a little sexiness in this, this movie. True. Playing catch with Dash. He's going out and exercising by lifting and pulling trains. Yep. Um, and one of the interesting things they talked about, by the way, it's because this is the first Pixar movie that really is focusing on humans is they had to get muscles right, mm-hmm. you know, and the way muscles and the muscles aren't realistic, but you see them moving under skin and under fat and the translucency of skin and all of that stuff is really hard. And in this scene, and I'm sure you could speak to this much more, but one of the really hard things to get in animation is weight and the sense of weight and how much power it takes to move a thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it sort of it go it all goes back to squash and stretch ultimately, like the way things move as far as like human body stuff with the muscles. But yeah, like like I'm I'm pulling on this thing and how when this thing lands, how heavy does it land? What does that do to the dust around it, to everything else around it? Like to your point, everything is a choice. You can't just go, hey, let's get this big thing and drop it and film it. Right. You literally have to have like twelve different teams of people figuring out the physics and yep. the effects and every single aspect of everything. Like whenever you see anything drop or I mean, anything happen in an animated movie, when when dust flies up, when water moves, when something parts the water, anything that happens, there's like 
a team of 50 that are figuring that out and doing right. it. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and he's also, while he's he's getting in better shape, There's he's starting to measure his his body parts. First, he's not pleased. Um, and then there's, there's even a moment where he starts to leave for work and she pulls him back in. Busy. A little sexy time, and now he's he's uh he measures again, and now he's starting to feel pretty pleased with himself. Yeah. Except there is a hole in his suit. <laughs> Which, by the way, to to your point about there was a whole team of people trying to figure out how to do the shot of his fingers coming through the hole. Oh yeah, and they said this is it was one of the hardest things yeah. Pixar had ever done. Wow. Was the they're like, can it come? Can't he hold it up and you see the hole through? And like, no, I want the fingers coming through. Like, Damn it! <laughs> well, and that's where Brad Bird is great, and also probably drove a lot of people crazy. Oh yeah, is that a lot of times when you're doing an animated movie, you have your creative people say, "I want this to happen this way," and you'll have a whole team of technical people say, "Can't you do this instead? Right. It's so much easier." Right, and. It is a big push and pull in animation when the creative people are like, no, it has to be this. And you're like, this is going to cost you this much more money. It's right. going to take this, this much, much R&D. Like, it's going to take three more months to have him put the hole through, put his finger through the hole. And you go, it's that important. I would like you to do it. Thank you very much. Like that, that is, mm. that is th those, those types of argue, uh, of arguments happen all the time in animation and the push and pull between what you are able to do technically and right. what you want to do creatively is one of the hardest things that you deal with. Well, and, and the nice thing with some of the stuff at Pixar is once they figure out the mechanical simulation, the physics simulation of things, well, then they can use it for other things and it's not as hard the next time. Right. And one of the things I want to say about this whole montage that is important to your point, which is, so again, he is now feeling great and he's better in his mundane Absolutely. life. Because he has the super. Yep. Now, Elastigirl just thinks he's doing better because he's finally embraced this world. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, finally, yeah. he's letting go. They're, they're giving you respect at work and you're yeah. pouring into it and everything's you, Yeah, now, now you're finally getting into this world after all this time, not realizing that it's really because he's doing the one thing that she was like, you can't, we, this is not, yeah. we can't make this happen. But because he's got his hole in the super suit, he's going to have to go off and meet Edna E. Mode. Edna. What is it? Who are you? What do you want? My God, you've gotten fat. Come in, come, come. It's such a great personality and something you've, like, it's a caricature, but it's in caricature in a way that's endearing. You know, and and the back and forth, like even at the beginning. But even though she's kind of rude, like at the beginning, she's like, "You got so fat." Oh darling. my god! Like, just from the fast. beginning, seeing her big nose. Well, this like, is him thin. Imagine if all, you saw him. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. So all of that is just. And but yeah, voiced by Brad Bird. Yes, yes. which is amazing to me. But also one of the greatest inventions in this whole movie it's one of the greatest characters in any pixar movie as far as i'm concerned she's amazing there's been in comics invincible did it some other characters did it like like comics have all have, have sometimes dealt with the who makes the costumes right like in the old days it was always like spider-man made his own costume or whatever and you're like right. that didn't really make sense and they've kind of addressed that in different comics in fun ways where there's a tailor mm. or a person who does it none of them hold a candle to her to edna mode <laughs> she is the best. Well, and to go back with the uh, the James Bond thing, she's also Q. So this is, she's this weird mix of yeah. crazy fashion designer with the crazy weapons expert. Her the set that she lives in is this weird high tech Greek god, you know, palace. Yeah. Um, and her constant just sort of monologue. I mean, I can't even really quote it because it just goes on and on. And it is so well, funny. She she does a whole bit about supermodels, which is hilarious. Supermodels. 
Nothing super about them, spoiled, stupid little stick figures with poofy lips who think only about themselves. <laughs> I used to design for gods. <laughs> I mean... Uh, and you know she's got this like yeah you're right she's got this Q meets Anna Winter vibe Winter yeah, vibe you exactly. know it's like it's like she's just like she's high fashion and she's also high tech and she again back to the same theme she is miserable yep. as as, as yeah. famous and successful as she is and she's clearly done quite well for herself she is miserable living in the mundane world and wants nothing more than to dive back into this and it's like she's just been waiting for the opportunity and Bob shows up and he's it's just like just want, it's a patch job, job. Yeah. and she's like. This is a hobo suit. <laughs> and basically pushes him into, and she does it the best way. It's like, it's like, it's like, this is a hobo suit you don't want. And he's like, do you want me to make me a suit? She's like, I can't, darling. I'm so busy. But yes. yes. <laughs> oh, where the heck am I going to get a new you suit? You can't. It's impossible. I'm far too busy. So ask me now before I again become sane. Wait, you want to make me a suit? You push too hard, darling. But I accept. But she's someone who wants to be wanted, but yep. doesn't want to be overt about it, even though it's so obvious that it is, because she says, don't pressure me down. I'll do it, but don't push me Don't down. push me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but the one thing that he wants, well, it's like, if you're going to make a new suit, I kind of want a cape. Yeah. And one of the best superhero monologues of all time, the no capes <laughs> monologue, is amazing. And the fact that, again, to your point about the sets, like this is like a lot of things, again, what people don't realize is the fact that they go through all those heroes and yep. show them Every single one of these is a set that somebody had to build. And yeah. a character that had to be designed. And a character that had to be designed. But they did with it. powers they had to, to show out. like Yeah, to show like this person, this person, this person. To show all the ways that a cape is the dumbest idea, even though all superheroes have capes. November 15th, the 50th. <laughs> all was well, another day saved, when his cape snagged on a missile pin. Thunderhead was not the brightest ball. Stratogale, April 23rd, 57. Cape caught in a jet turn. You can't generalize about this Meta thing. Man, Express Elevator, Diner Guy, Snag on Takeoff, Splashdown, Sucked into a Vortex. No kicks. Well, and, and, the, and this is where, what's so great about this movie, and again, this is fairly early in comic book movies. I mean, I think we'd had a Spider-Man movie and an X-Men movie, maybe. Uh, maybe X-Men 1 and 2. Because it's 2004. Yeah. Um, but not too much. But for us, who were comic book fans, hearing someone... Only someone who loves superheroes and comic books could write the no cape monologue. Yeah. Because it is so, listening to that was so fun for me. And I like that he pushes back and then she lists all the examples. Yeah. The examples are brilliant. And once again, dark movie. We see that female superhero get cut up by a plane engine. Oh, yeah. Like it's a kind of a darker film than you think. I mean, it's all played for comedy. Sure, if you think so. But this is something we've seen over and over again in, in, in talking about movies is a movie can determine how you feel about the death in that movie. Yeah. And that there are lots of movies where clearly lots of people die and we're like, whatever. And some movies where you see one person die and it's the most horrible thing in the world. Right. This movie does not want you to care about those superheroes No, no. the capes. Um, The Cyclone is my favorite. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Um, uh, Meanwhile, Helen is cleaning the house and she finds hair. And that's what's sort of interesting is the... We're following the path of the the husband is having an affair setup. Yeah, and in she picks up the phone and who is Bob talking to? He's talking Mirage. to Mirage. Mirage. Yeah, um, and Bob's just like she asks who it was, and he says, "Oh, it's another conference, short notice." Duty calls, and he gets in the sports car to go. You and get the "I love you" moment. Bob. Yeah, what's up, honey? Ha- have a great trip. 
Thanks, sweetie. I'll call you when I get there. I love you so much. I love you too. Mm-hmm. And and she's emotional. Yeah. Do you think she thinks he's having an affair? She 100% thinks yes. he's having an Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is 100% what she thinks. Yep. And her husband, who's now lost all this weight and in this mm-hmm. car and in this... Because let's be really clear. This is full midlife crisis stuff. He's oh, yeah. doing all the midlife crisis things. Right. Well, that's because he's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> I, think, I think you're on the movie I mean, like that, this whole movie... I mean, it was kind of something John said earlier uh, about Pixar movies not just being for kids. That is 100% true. And one of the ways you know that is, particularly as you went go later into these movies... Uh, uh, the main the main character of Finding Nemo is not Nemo; it's no. Marlin. Yeah, it's yeah. Marlin. And the main character of The Incredibles is not Dash and Violet; it's Mr. Incredible. Like yeah. this is an adult story mm-hmm. for a family audience. Well, don't get me started on Up. Well, <laughs> right. That's for that's for another that's for another cinephile. <laughs> be a lot of weeping when we took that movie in the cinephiles. Okay, we're on the plane. He's got a nice shrimp cocktail, and and we can see like now he's in the new suit. I had forgotten, by the way, that he doesn't go back to get the suit somehow in my mind. Oh. Like, we don't see him. See yeah, you never suit. see it. You just yeah. know that that yeah. the suit yeah. has been, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, do you remember the original Incredibles trailer? It's him trying to put on the suit that he can't fit in oh, anymore. Oh, yeah. Which is yes. not in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I love that trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I and I actually wondered, they just d- do that for the trailer? They did. Uh, Pixar used to do a lot of things that were just for, like, a lot of their early teasers for mm-hmm. movies uh, are things that were not in the movies. Hmm. He ends up. He ends up back at uh, our, our secret base. Oh, and I love, by the way, the plane flies under the water, up mm-hmm. through the waterfall. I mean, this is the full James Bond. I mean, the, the, it really is. And again, a lot for animation. Yep. Like, oh, like, oh the water. When you're like, oh, the water drains. You're like, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, water's not easy. And then we just say, okay, you're going to be briefed in the conference room in two hours. He's like, oh, okay, sounds good. Um, and we're back home with Helen, and she's vacuuming at the office door. And you can see the, like... She does the thing. She's like, oops, I opened it. I guess I'll go in now. Uh, and she goes in, and what does she see? <laughs> she sees the old suit with the repaired tear. Yeah. So who does she call? Edna. Edna. Of course. Edna is and I love Edna's great. She's like, Hi, it's Helen. Who? <laughs> Helen, who? At last, you go, Dodge! <laughs> <laughs> and Edna kind of gives it away right away. Yeah. You know, sort of like, I hope Robert likes his suit, you know? <laughs> Um, and so, and Bob shows up for the meeting in the conference room, and the door opens, and there is a new Omnidroid. The wall opens, really. I'm sorry. Yeah, the wall. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. The wall opens, <laughs> and there is a new Omnidroid. Bigger, badder. Yeah. Yep. And of course, we see our bad guy, yep. Syndrome, who we have not said that both little Bobby and Syndrome are voiced by the same actor, Jason Lee. Yeah. Who we just talked about in a very different episode of the Cinephile. Yes, and who, Casey Amy. Who we just I got we got schooled on on Twitter that he is no longer a Scientologist. Oh. He lives in Austin. Yeah. He supports art, and he does like he he just does all this stuff in the local community, and that's what he does now. And awesome. it's interesting. Yeah. Like he probably made enough between the between all the stuff he's done and the TV show. My yeah. name is Earl, and all this other stuff. I'm sure he's fine to just relax for the rest of his life. And he does a great job voicing this. He does. And, 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 and of course, at first, Bob doesn't know who he is. And he, then he says, remember, I'm your biggest fan. And that's when yeah. Bob starts to figure it out. Buddy? My name is not Buddy! <laughs> and it's not Incrediboy either. That ship has sailed. All I wanted was to help you. I only wanted to help. And what did you say to me? Fly home, buddy. I work alone. It 
tore me apart. But I learned an important lesson. You can't count on anyone, especially your heroes. And he's starting to talk about why he did what he did. And then, and as he's doing it, he starts in monologuing. Oh, you you sly dog. You sly dog. Uh, And then he he has some sort of beam power. It's called zero power or something like that. Yeah, zero point energy. Zero point energy. Thank you. And he uses it and he kind of (laughs) can do whatever he wants with Bob. And he ends up tossing him a little bit too far away. Oh, no. Um, And uh, chases him down. Uh, Bob goes down a waterfall and he drops this little tiny bomb into the water. Um, And Bob is uh, thrown through a cave and he straightens up and looks right into the face of Gazer Bean. Gazer Bean. Bean. And this is dark. I mean, yes, because not only this this is where I mean, because like this is not only is there a dead body. Yes. There, but he hides behind the dead body to avoid detection. That's true. This is, by the way, when my son first saw it at three or four, this is where he left the room. Of course. Yeah. He's like, nope. My, my son, but he, he, his response, particularly when he's younger to things being scared, he was silent and he would, he would literally just stand up and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then I go like, I think that's over. And he'd go, okay. And he'd walk back in and say <laughs> nothing. He's like, nope, nope. I'm out of here. That's a little, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he hides behind gazer beam and he also sees the word Kronos, Kronos. written yep. on the wall. Yeah. Um, and Which is great because I mean one of the things that's fun about this movie is I mean again with Gazer Beam he obviously had Cyclops powers yeah he he, he had Cyclops powers from the X Men and so as a comic book fan right. you see this mm-hmm. so obviously you need the hero that can do that who like literally burnt into burnt the wall. into the wall <laughs> his last remaining thing that he wanted to wanted people to know Helen has gone to visit Edna I think this sequence is totally amazing yeah, it is. there's so much going on there's so much happening and first of all just to start with the great screenwriting of two people talking about a thing and not really understanding what the yeah. other person yeah. what their world is these words are useless too much of it darling too much that is why I show you my work that is why you are here because Helen is trying to find out what happened with Bob? What's this about a new suit? What is he doing? And Edna is so excited because she couldn't stop at just making his suit. She had to make superhero suits for the whole, the whole family. family. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, and then the entire reveal of each of the suits is oh my just God. like yeah. again, it's it's classic Bond yeah. with a Vogue overlay, like yeah. Edna kind of narrating as you go through each of these suits and seeing what they can do. Yeah. Um, well, that they start oh. with Jack Jacks. Oh man! I started with the base. Started? Started. I cut it a little roomy for the free movement. The fabric is comfortable for sensitive skin. It can also withstand the temperature of over one thousand degrees. Completely bulletproof. And machine washable, darling. That's a new feature. What on earth do you think the baby will be doing? Well, I'm sure I don't know, darling. Luck favors the prepared. Well, I'm sure I don't know, that, that's a, That, that <laughs> response is my favorite. And then, and then when she says, well, he doesn't really have powers, and, and her response is, oh, he, really? He'll look fabulous anyway. <laughs> um, we got Dash's high-friction suit, Violet's suit that responds to, you know, uh, being turned invisible. Yeah. Helen's suit that will stretch as far as she can stretch. These are pretty cool suits. And 
They're Egyptian, co- breathes like Egyptian cotton. And also, it's just there's great little things about it. Like, you know, they're on this sort of conveyor that mm-hmm. goes with it. And then just kind yeah. of like like a typewriter almost slams back. Like, oh, like you're just, right. Like, Helen is just so off kilter here. And Edna, because she's Edna, she's tiny. And also that she knows what this is. She doesn't really move as much. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they're kind of like going along with it. And then it snaps back. Yep. And Helen is just like, <laughs> like, she's completely off balance, both mentally and emotionally and physically she's like i clear i do not know what's going on it's like little moments like that are awesome and there's one very important point that all of these suits have a homing device in them and finally we get to edna kind of goes what do you think and she goes bob's retired um and this is where it suddenly is like oh edna's looking at like you don't know what your husband's up to right yeah um and they have this weird exchange about it too but i'm gonna i don't want to jump too far ahead but no no it's fine they have a very weird exchange about it because Joe, you don't know where your husband is. That like, she is in just like uh, she is enjoying the drama. Well, just like yeah. someone might who like in who's like, don't get me involved, don't get me involved, and then I want to be involved. Well, we'll get to this in later. She clearly does not enjoy the drama because once what? someone gets emotional, she is super over it. She well, wants not, the fuck out of that house. No, no, but she likes knowing that there's juicy drama going on. That's what I mean. I don't mean that she enjoys. She, the crime. I think she definitely wants to know what the gossip is, right? Yeah, because she, she's goading Alaska because she says, you know, men at Robert's age are prone really? to weakness. They are prone know? to weakness. Yeah, um, and and of course, while this is happening, we're intercutting. Uh, with Bob, he's out on the cliff and he jumps down, grabs a palm tree. Uh, he sees like the these pods that are going on these track. He jumps on one of them. He gets inside. We're up at the gate. And I mean, this whole sequence of how he's going to infiltrate this thing is really fun, particularly because we're going to see two people infiltrate this place because we're going to see Elastigirl yep. do it yep. later and do it in a totally different way. I love the moment where he sees a guy like up on a, a catwalk, throws a rocket and that guy falls down. Other guys rush to get him and that's what allows him to get by. It's really fun. Um he makes it inside uh, to the lava room um, and he picks up this giant like Easter Island head and is going to use that to get through the lava when the lava opens up. And it's like his imbalance and trying to like put that thing yep. back in place is so funny. <laughs> really is. But again, this goes to getting weight right. Yeah. He goes through this and goes through this room and sees like, I love this. Another great set where this pathway is lighting up to the big control panel yeah. um, and he puts in the. There's a big screen. It asks for a password, and he puts in Kronos. And this is where he finally puts together everything that's happening. Why Gazer Beam disappeared, who all disappeared, and he sees that they've been systematically going through and getting rid of every hero. And it's great because you see that the most important thing for him is do they know about my family? Like, do they know? Like, he types in a girl, and she's unknown. And, like, he's, like, he's relieved about that. And then he types in Frozone. He's up next. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, that it's not just that they're eliminating all these heroes, is that the battles with the heroes is what's teaching the Omnidroid, yeah, the yeah. Omnidroid to become a better version until it get to the one yeah. that right. we're you at today. You see the red mark over the, uh, yep. the Omnidroid. See, it's, almost like the, it's almost the matches. You'll see, like, yep. the Omnidroid one, the Omnidroid one took this one out. The yeah. Omnidroid one took this one out. Right. And intercut with all this is first Helen calls InsureCare. Finds out Bob doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> um, and then... And then this is where we get to what you're talking about with Edna going, so you don't know what are you, you know. Where your husband is, your husband is, darling. Yeah, this is where she says all that. And she's like, would you like to know? And this is where the homing beam happens. Yep. And they activate the homing beam, which is, of course, the wrong thing to do, because that's when the defense system gets triggered. This is one of the coolest and weirdest secure, these weird balls. It's such yep. a weird choice. And it's so awesome. It's these the, yeah, the sticky growing yeah. globules yeah. of weirdness. Yeah, that he can't get them off and and it is a great 
struggle against impossible odds of him fighting to get out of there. And at the end, as he struggled and fought with these big sticky balls, the la- the final shot as the balls close in is sort of a weird upside down shot of Mirage as her legs walk up. Yeah. It's a really, really cool shot. Oh, yeah. And then we go back to what I was talking about, which is Helen having a complete meltdown. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I let this happen, you know. The new sports car, the getting in shape, the blonde hair, the lies. Yes, he attempts to relive the past. Now I'm losing him. What do I do? What do I do? And Edna is over it at that point. She might have liked the drama before, but she's like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, basically. Edna is over this weepy mundane oh yes lame you're right reaction what are you talking about hmm? you are a last girl my god pull oh, yourself yeah, together yeah. what will you do is, is, is this a question you will show him you remember that he is mr incredible and you will remind him who you are well you know where he is go confront the problem fight win and call me when you get back darling i enjoy our visits and again, it's this it's this we are we are given the the typical reaction to in the mundane world, my husband was lying, he must be off with some woman, right. and I'm going to sit here and weep in a super victimized, weepy, kind of sad way. And Edna Mode is like, fuck this noise, go out there, get what you want, win, you are Elastic Girl. She pulls yeah. the she pulled the godfather. Yeah. When uh, totally when totally. Uh, Johnny's up there complaining, oh, and he's never got the part. And he starts getting all emotional. Godfather jumps up and he says, "You gonna act like a man? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's what is this? What is this weeping, crying stuff?" He's trying to shake him out of it, and then when she's slapping him, slapping her in the head with the rolled paper, yep. that's what she's trying. And she's to do. like jumped on a table or yeah. something. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an epic little scene for her. She didn't but, need the stretch. But again, it's that it's that it's that moment where Elastigirl stops being in the mundane yes. world and steps back into the super world. Right. Well, and I, and, and I love too. It ends with a great button with Edna going, and then come back later. I always enjoy other. <laughs> you know. Um, and so we're out, we're back at the house and. Uh, Helen is leaving to go. She's saying goodbye to the kids. And, you know, I'm going to be back tonight and Violet's in charge. And so, again, it's the mundane because she's giving the normal mom speech to the kids when she's going out. Um, And there's a great moment where Helen says, mom says, Just a little trouble with daddy. You mean dad's in trouble or dad is the trouble? I mean, either he's in trouble or he's going to be. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. And then great Dash, Dash snags the suits. Yep. yep. He's like, what is this? You know, it's, it's the moment where the kids are like, what's, what's going on? actually going on here? Yep. And at the very end of it, is does, doesn't Violet touch her suit? And it disappears. And it disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, like, these are clearly suits for them. Yeah. Well, and you think too, like, if you're Dash and all your life you've been told you can't be super, you can't be super, you can't be super, and all you want to be is super, and then mom has the perfect super suit yeah. that is clearly made for you. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, mom's on the phone saying, I need a favor. You got to get me a fast jet. Cut to a jet. <laughs> Apparently, Elastigirl can fly a plane. Yep. She's awesome. Yeah. She is so much more awesome than Mr. Incredible in so many ways. Um, and she's flying the plane and she's calling the island, getting nothing but static. Yeah. Um, and she looks down at the bag and opens it up and there's the suit and you could see her kind of debating, do I put on? Cause for her, this is a big move to like yeah. be Elastigirl again. 
Uh, and she finally decides, you know what she should. She puts the plane on autopilot. She goes to the bathroom. Meanwhile, Syndrome has Incredible up in his energy field, stasis, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I, I love that he's kind of geeking out about his, the fact that his hero survived. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, except that you ruined it all by calling for help. Yeah. Because in his mind, that homie beacon, yeah, like he you, called you, for help. You found out what happened and you radioed for backup, which right. is not what happened. But yeah, that's yeah. what he thinks. And they're basically torturing him to find yeah. out who the, who he called. He's like, I didn't call anybody. But they know he called him because a government plane is requesting permission to land. And they play the radio. And now Mr. Incredible hears his wife's voice. Yeah. This is really, I mean, I'm. Uh, there are Pixar movies where I cried my eyes out. This is not actually one of them. But- I am moved by what's going on for Bob yeah. right now. Yeah. And at, and at a couple of other points in the film. And and he goes, oh, well, you know, we're going to send them a nice greeting. He pushes the red button and launches into the missiles. That's And on the plane, at that moment, that's when uh, Elastigirl discovers that her two kids have stowed away on the plane. Yep. They're in the suits. They make it clear that they got a babysitter because they're very responsible. <laughs> very responsible. So yeah, so she calls. So 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 she calls Kari. Checks in where we find out that Kari is watching Jack Jack. She's got everything under she's control. Got everything under control. She's another no great character. What a great. She's, yeah, she's got that kind of lisp. Like she's like, it's okay, Mrs. Well, she incredible. has braces. It's not her fault. <laughs> and she's got a plan. She's gonna play Mozart for her. It's all gonna be great. Yeah. Um, it's a really funny monologue. And and right in the middle of this, the alarm sounds for the incoming miss- missiles. She says, fasten your seatbelts. Those kids do not get those seatbelts fastened. Nope. And we go into some evasive maneuvers. We launch some countermeasures. Uh, man. Well, and also importantly, she she radios back and tells them that there's kids on board. There's kids on board. Yeah. Because that's a big moment, not only for Mr. Incredible, for real, for him to realize that his kids are there too, but also for Mirage. Yep. Yeah. Because, and this is, of course, a classic superhero thing, is we have the person who maybe could be turned to the good a little bit. Um, and now he's begging. Throw off the missiles. I'll do anything. Too late. Fifteen years too late. So what's the solution? Bye. You have to put a force field around the plane. But you said we weren't supposed to use our power. I know what I said. Listen to what I'm saying now. Disengage. Repeat. Disengage. Which is, again, I love that we're still in the family dynamics. And yeah, and Violet tries. And this is a big moment because like this is the easy solution. Like You actually can prevent these missiles. Yeah. And it's like you're, you're waiting for it to happen. You're waiting for it to happen as an audience member. And right. at the very last minute, you realize as soon as Elastigirl does, like Violet's not going to do this. Nope. And Elastigirl like, makes like that last-ditch effort to save her kids yeah. and like just dives back there. And turns into like some ball getting out just as the plane blows up. And one thing, by the way, just in that moment before is dash is really scared yeah like there is a shot of him where it's like oh that's a scared little kid yeah but they get out of the plane she's in her ball she turns into a giant parachute last girl is cool yeah we yeah. land in the water and again to your point about animation and water and weight the the pieces of the plane landing around them as they are underwater with their hair moving with the water Amazing. displacing them i mean that that scene probably took that that shot of the water i mean that probably yeah. took months and months and months and months well just violet's hair much less violet's hair and water yeah. was months and months and oh, months yeah. and months it's huge and again these are things that aren't so hard to do now but that back then was super super hard to do yeah. um and 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 the kids start panicking and she's and mom's just stop it stop it <laughs> We are not gonna die. Now both of you will get a grip, or so help me, I will ground you for a month. Understand? <laughs> and back on the, the secret bad guy base, we've confirmed the target is destroyed. 
and Mr. Incredible hangs his head down. Yeah, he's done. His family's yeah. dead. Um, and again, it's important because he realizes what's really. I mean, I think in this moment is where like you realize what's really important. Like yeah. as much as he was living this mundane life and he was craving something else, I think in this moment he would give all of it up if he could just have his family, and he would give up superheroing forever because he just wants his family. And he's filled with rage, and he grabs Mirage, and he says, "I'm going to kill her unless you let me go." Yeah. And Syndrome calls his bluff, but makes a big error in that moment. Yeah. Like Syndrome is not wrong. He knows Mr. Incredible won't do it. Right. But to be so cavalier with Mirage's life in that moment, big error. Yep. Well, and there's this moment they're kind of walking away and Mirage gives that one look back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, oh, there's some something's changed here. Yeah. Um when we're out in the ocean with the family and she and we and mom kind of goes, Well, the missiles came from over there, so let's go that way. Wait, you want to go towards, towards the, the missiles? <laughs> um and they, they say yes, and she becomes a boat, and Dash becomes sort of the outboard motor, <laughs> and they make it to the beach, and Mom and Dash are exhausted, but she's proud of Dash. Um, and later on, now we're sitting kind of by a fi- fire, and Mom gives them, this is the straight deal. Remember the bad guys on those shows you used to watch on Saturday mornings? Well, these guys are not like those guys. They won't exercise restraint because you're children. They will kill you. If they get the chance, do not give them that chance. Mom, bye. I'm counting on There's you. Something I I'm counting you. on you. Be strong. Dash, if anything goes wrong, I want you to run as fast as you can. As fast as I can? As fast as you can. Stay hidden. Keep each other safe. I'll be back by morning. I mean, and this is the best. I think this is my favorite speech in the whole movie. Like, this is the, you know, those, especially because we're watching a cartoon. For the cartoon characters to kind of basically say, you know those cartoons you watch? That's not real. Yeah. That's, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. These people are going to kill you. Yeah. Like, this is it. Like, like this, they're not going to give you a second chance. You use your powers. I mean, that's where, like, not, and again, not only has Elastigirl stepped back into being Elastigirl, but she's had no choice. Yep. Her, her kids are in this world now, and she doesn't get to just treat them like kids. Like, when they were back at the house, and it was... Okay, I'm gonna go get dad. You guys, dinner's in the oven, whatever. Now they're all in it, and she's treating them like other superheroes yep. because that's what they are now. And it's interesting because what they've set up is these two kids have totally opposite relationships to their powers. Yeah. Which is that Dash, all he wants to do is use his powers, and Violet, all she wants to be, do is be normal. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want anything to do with it. And that, again, great screenwriting. And then you have that great moment where Violet chases her out afterwards and kind of apologizes for not. Yeah, being ready. Yeah, and Elastigirl tells her, you know, that's not that was a lot to ask you. Like that yeah. was that was a lot. But great mom daughter moment. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first moment after that. Importantly, that Violet uh, gets her hair out of her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh, she kind of tells her. Point. She kind of tells her, like, you know, you're you you've got this. I believe in you. Like you know, like it's that yeah. it's this great mom mom daughter moment. Yep. And that's the first moment that Violet gets her hair out of her face and puts her mask on. And and, and she says, "You have more power than you realize. Don't think, and don't worry." If the time comes, you'll know what to do. It's in your blood. Syndrome's fueling up his rocket and kind of arguing with Mirage. Mirage is sort of going, you know, that he wasn't weak. You know, that that, that this is, we could see sort of the schism happening. Um, And Syndrome doesn't really get it. He's like, oh, I called his bluff. It's no big deal. Call his bluff with your life next time. Uh, and Elastigirl is gonna go, now. She's the one who's gonna break into the secret base. And it's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> like much cooler than Mister Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just like 
Every moment with this is amazing. The entire sequence of her getting stuck between the doors. So you got the feet on one, her body in the other room, and then her front in the other room, and then the other guys with the key cards, and just the cause and effect relationship to her elasticness. It's awesome. Uh, is just amazing. And the very human moment when she stops from the mirror and looks at her ass. Yep. I love that moment. There's, there's so many. There's it's that very human there's moment. There's her flattening against the wall. There's her. There's yeah. her up on the ceiling. There's her. All the stuff that she does is so cool. Um, back at the campfire, Vi's kind of practicing her shields and not really having such a good time. And Dash is like, "I want to go check it, check out the world." Yeah. Um, and, and Vi's like, "No, this is serious. You you don't understand. We're not on vacation. Mom and Dad's lives could be in danger, or worse." Their marriage. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great line. But Dash doesn't listen, so he heads off. He finds the cave leads to some cool tube. Mm-hmm. And that is when the rocket launches, and then a lot of fire is coming through that tube. And Dash saves Vi and gets out of there, and they mm-hmm. get out of there just in time. Uh, it's the next morning in the jungle, and Dash is snuggling with Vi. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then the next thing that happens is one of those nice little birds asks them for their identification. <laughs> they can't give their identification, and the alarm starts going off. Voice key incorrect. Wait a second. And then, meanwhile, we think Elastigirl's about to uh, rescue Mr. Incredible. Yep. Yeah. But Mirage does. Yep. Yeah, and Mirage goes to goes to free Bob, and and she tells them your family survived the crash. Yeah. Um, and that is just huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, he gives her a big hug to and thank her. Right when Elastigirl comes yeah. in. <laughs> and, again, so it's just great. they're playing up that whole dynamic, yeah. and it's just awesome. Um, and her. Mirage kind of goes, well, oh, you must be Mrs. Boom. Punch right hey, in the face. Oh. Um, and what we have as now Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl go to escape this base is a long running argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Now our kids are in danger. Hey, if you suspected danger, why'd you bring I them? I didn't bring them. They start away. And I don't think you're striking the proper tone here. But I love that he what is it? He has this one great line because like she comes in so angry at him and he just hugs her because he's hope ha- so happy that she's alive. And it's this great dynamic where he's like, You're just you're mad, but I'm just so jazzed that you're alive. I'm so happy right now. Like he's he's in a fight, but he couldn't be happier about it. Yeah. It is so funny and so great. And of course, at the same time, the alarms are going off, and so we have sent out the Velocipods yeah. to go chase Dash and Violet. Another fantastic design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And great sound design too. And and the music is just killing it here. Well, I mean, this is where this is where the movie really I mean, as great as everything has been up to this point, this is yeah. where everything takes off because now all four of the family members on the island in costume use their and powers. it's time for all of them to use their powers. And this is yeah. where both Violet and Dash really cut loose yep. and for the first time we've really seen we really see how much they can do yeah and you know with dash it's just probably one of the most joyful moments of the movie culminating in him uh running on running water, water yeah which is amazing so so a couple things about this the first thing is is that it I, this is my favorite sequence in the movie and is that we've gone a long time without that much superhero stuff the movie actually is a lot of relationship stuff yeah. and a lot of family stuff i mean it takes a long time even to get to mr incredible in a costume yeah. much less seeing the actual action sequence is that they have put in the hours building this relationship and now we get to and by the way their name for this sequence is the 100 mile run and the reason it's called the 100 mile run is that one of the things they're trying is again in animation you have to create everything is they're going well how fast is dash 
And so they have one of the artists doing some some mock-ups of his running and the, and basically like the trees going by and he goes to Brad Bird and the trees are going by about this fast and Brad Bird goes no faster and so they do it again now the tree going back by even faster and Brad yeah. Bird goes no even faster <laughs> and then they calculate how far he's run and then they kind of go you know what if he's that fast and this sequence is this long yeah. he's run like 100 miles yeah. <laughs> so this is the 100 mile run and it's you know and again it's the fantastic and the mundane he runs into the bugs he 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 but then he also runs on water he he finds out that he can he lands on the thing and find the guy takes a swing at him and he dodges it and then the super fast punches from dash it is all so much fun <laughs> And one of my favorite moments, and I don't know if I've ever seen this anywhere else, is he's running on the water and he runs into the tunnel and the other pod comes in on the other side and they're both coming at him. And there's that moment of peril of like, what right. is he going to do? And then he remembers, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm on water. Yep. And he just stops running and goes in the yep. water and they both explode above him. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That's <laughs> amazing. And meanwhile, Violet is dealing with being invisible. And, you know, the other thing I love is that all of these kind of nameless, faceless dudes on his island Mm -hmm. aren't complete idiots. Like, particularly this guy, like, she goes in the water and he realizes that if he just throws sand, like, he can't see her, but he can see around her and he sees where she is and he's about to kill her Yep. uh, until Dash comes in. And then Dash comes along. And then Dash gets to be in trouble and then Violet saves Dash Yeah. Yeah. with her cool spherical shield ball that she's floating in. Shield ball, I like it. How are you doing that? I don't know. Where are you? You don't stop. And then now Dash is running on the shield ball, making yeah. it is awesome. So cool. Man. And this goes to something that uh, Brad Bird said, which is that action sequences are about character, which, man, I wanted when I heard him say that in the commentary track, I wanted to jump up and cheer. because <laughs> That is like something I've been saying on this podcast forever is yeah. that what we're seeing, there's great, amazing, spectacular action going on. But we're seeing character development and choices from these characters that move their characters to the next level throughout the whole scene. Yeah. It's a fantastic, fantastic sequence. <laughs> <laughs> so Dash and Vi run away in their shield ball. And who do they run into? But... Mom and dad. Mom and dad. And and and, and then I, I love this reading. This moment is so great of mom and dad destroying the, you know, a couple of velocipods together in awesome superhero form and then looking at each other and I love you. <laughs> and that kiss. And even the kids are going like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then now all four of them are gonna fight together in so a great amazing, incredible, one might say, Ew. moment. And you feel like this is it. We are winning. Time out. Nope. Syndrome comes in, puts the kibosh on it all, freezes them all. And I love his uh, reaction like, oh, no. Elastigirl? (laughs) You married Elastigirl? (laughs) And got busy. It's a whole family of supers. Looks like I've hit the jackpot. Um, and then Syndrome shows him what's happening in the city where the 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 rocket has landed, the Omnidroid is there, and he now monologues a little bit to tell yeah. his plan, which is, I'm going to go save the day so I can be a superhero, and then when I'm done with being a superhero, I'm going to retire and sell all my technology to people so everyone can be super, supers. <laughs> and if everyone is a super, no, no one, one is. Right. Um, and he exits laughing. He heads off the plane to fly off. The army is starting to attack the Omnidroid. The family is watching helplessly. And Dad is admitting it's his fault. Yeah, Dad's having his moment here. I'm sorry. 
This is my fault. I've been a lousy father, blind to what I have. So obsessed with being undervalued that I undervalued all of you. And again, because he's he's realized what's really important in yeah. life. Very um, important. And while he's doing it, <laughs> Violet's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> she escapes. And Dash sees her and it's like, um, Dash. Like, and, and yeah, mom's like, shh, shh, shh. Let him finish. <laughs> Let him finish. <laughs> and it's great because, it's again, it's what you said. It's It's now... Like for the whole movie, we've either been in the mundane world or the super world. And now the mundane and the super have actually come together and it all works. Dad, dad realizes what's important. Mom is embracing the fact that they're supers. The kids are free to use their powers. And as a team, they really are incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Um, And so they've escaped and they're heading to this big airplane, uh, this big hangar. There's an RV in the middle of the hangar. I love like the RV that makes no sense, and I love that like I also love that like all these guys have all these giant monitors and things they could be looking at, but they're in the RV watching the thing. Like why are you I don't in know the why. RV? They're playing a, some champagne. They're playing a drinking game. It's so odd. So we wipe them out, and then we're like, oh, we you know we need a jet. The jet's gone. How are we going to get there? It's like we need something faster than a jet. We need a rocket. Well, how are we going to fly the rocket? Well, you need the passcode. How are we going to ask? Raj has got the passcode. Yeah. Hey, girl. Say please. Say please. Uh, and back in the, the city, Frozone sees the Omnidroid. Honey. Where's my super suit? Why do you need your super suit? <laughs> this whole argument is hilarious. Like, every single word is fantastic. Don't you think about running off to doing no daring do? We've been planning this dinner for two months. The public is in danger. My evening's in danger. You tell me what my suit is, woman. We are talking about the greater good. Greater good? I am your wife. I'm the greatest good you are ever going to get. For the greater good, I am your I, wife. I, I, I am your greater I am good. good. Oh, it's so good. Um, Syndrome is doing pretty well as a hero. He saves someone uh, from a, the tanker truck. He introduces himself. And you can see he's got his little remote control wrist thing that he's controlling the Omnidroid. And what is the Omnidroid programmed to do? Figure out how to defeat every yep. new enemy and use its super AI. <laughs> Way to go, genius. Way to go, Syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Um, and knocks that controller off, and now Syndrome's in trouble. Yeah. Gets slammed into a building, gets knocked out, and then we cut to Elastigirl holding the RV. <laughs> I don't know why that seemed like the right solution to this problem. It's so ridiculous. It's and so it's ridiculous. It's so funny. I mean, oh it's God. almost like the way, because you know, the way they built the entire uh, rocket with the giant circle in the middle right. of a hole, the Omnidroid, yeah. it's almost like they did it in reverse, that they realized that this was going to be the funniest thing. The, the family... In, in the, the RV, RV <laughs> the most mundane vacation thing, with her holding onto the edges of a giant rocket that's hurtling them towards uh, the city. It's just, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. And of course, inside. Are we there yet? We get there when we get there. <laughs> Classic family stuff. And finally, they, they drop the RV, crash into the freeway. And now what do we get into? An argument about, about directions. Which, about directions. <laughs> Again, the mundane. We take the traction exit. Uh, the car goes crashing, flips over and over and over again, slams into a perfect parking space, and man, Dash loved it. Let's do it again. Yep. <laughs> they get out of the RV, and then what does Dad say? He says, wait here and stay hidden. I'm going in. Well, what? I watch helplessly from the sidelines? I don't think so. I'm asking you to wait with the kids. And I'm telling you, not a chance. You're my husband, I'm with you, for better or worse. I have to do this alone. This is the moment of the movie for me. Yeah. This is the moment of the movie for me. 
What is this to you? Playtime? No. So you can be Mr. Incredible again? No! Then what? What is it? I'm not... Not what? I'm, I'm not strong enough. Strong enough? And this will make you stronger? Yes. No! That's what this is? Some sort of workout? And the misunderstanding of her kind of going, and you think this will make you stronger? Because right. she's thinking about... Maybe she's thinking about old Mr. Incredible who was missing his youth and missing the golden days and missing needed all these things that it's still about him on some level. Yeah. And in fact, it's the opposite. Yeah. What I think is interesting about this moment too is because she she does the old she does the typical stuff she's been doing the whole movie. She's the driving force of the relationship. She's not necessarily emasculating him, but she's trying to get him to see things in a certain way, trying to get him to like catch up. To accept right? the reality. To accept of the, the, exactly. The, the, Unless we're saying to him, no, what do you think is going to make you bigger? Gonna make you no. I can't lose you again. I can't. Not again. I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough without to to lose you, you again. Yeah. I can't go through it. I'm a strong man. I cry every time yeah. at that moment. I, every time because it's such great voiceover work by yeah. Craig T. Nelson and the animation. Yeah, because you see this large man brought down to this like smaller thing because of his feelings for her. It's great, and, and she kisses him, which is a great moment too. Yeah, and her answer is, "If we work together, you won't have to be." I don't know what will happen. Hey. We're superheroes. What could happen? And now we go into like, you know, the big final action sequence. And again, the joy of this movie is, you know, I think, you know, the the, the best movies are all about patience. Yeah. And waiting an entire movie to see all the superheroes superhero up with Frozone and everybody. And the movie 100% delivers. Every single person on their game, using their powers together, separately, to the best of their ability, that ultimately turns into a giant game of keep away. Like, seeing all of them use their superpowers yeah. and become a team is yeah. amazing. You know, the, the, right, the Omnidroid tracks, and immediately Violet is using her shield to protect them. Um, and Dad stops the claw. Frozone appears. Bob finds the remote, doesn't quite know what to do with it. Um, and he gets grabbed. He knocks one of the claws off of the Omnidroid. I mean, the fight scene is incredible. Yeah. And now we kind of figured out, like, oh, this remote is important. And so he throws the remote to Dash to run for it, which is the father and son playing catch. Yeah. Um, and Dash catches it. Um, Elastigirl catapults a manhole cover to take out the guns. I mean, they're all working together as a team. Um, Dash is in trouble and Frozone gets him and does the ice move across the yeah. water. It's it's really, really cool. Elastigirl trips the droid. Violet gets the remote, goes invisible. Um there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> um, Suffice it to say, they kick ass. Suffice yes. it. And, and the final moment where we figure out how to defeat it, which is to use the remote to control the rocket, to shoot, shoot the claw, itself. and have it shoot itself. Which they do, um, and destroy the Omnidroid, uh, and everyone is happy. Including the two old guys, isn't it? Frank and Ollie. Frank and Ollie. Oh, that's Frank. how you do it. The, yeah, the two yeah. Uh, the two old guys on the bench saying that's how you do it. That is the uh, two of the nine old two men. of the nine old men. That's yeah. old school. Um, that's the best school. And now we're in the limo, and everyone's talking, and 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 uh, yeah, and Helen's trying to listen to the <laughs> all the messages, thirty five thousand messages from Kari about what's going on, and it seems like things did not <laughs> go well. And then like they they get more and more and more frantic, and then you get like Zoloft Kari. Who's like everything's fine? The replacement babysitter came. Yep. 
Um, and and so now suddenly, what replacement babysitter? Right. And we're at the house, and there's Syndrome, and he's taking the baby and says, I'll be a good mentor. And it's really cool because when they run into the the house, it's almost like you're in a steady cam shot the way that they shoot it. Like the the camera's kind of right. running into the yes. house with them, and then it turns and just reveals Syndrome just chilling in the kitchen. Yeah. It's really awesome. Uh, they come in just as Syndrome flies away with the baby, and Jack-Jack is freaking out, and... Man, the next moment in this movie, I remember seeing this in the theater and just like almost leaping out of my seat when Jack-Jack's powers appear. Everybody going crazy. And not just one power, but like four powers. Flames, then like heavy metal. Flames, like Colossus. Yeah. Devil devil baby. The monster baby. The the demon baby is amazing. And 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 syndrome is once again. Here's another situation where he, he bit off more than he could chew with this Incredibles family. Yeah, he just cannot totally. seem to win against this Incredibles family. And then they're trying to figure out what to get, and he's like, "Throw something." But if I throw oh, something, yeah. I'll hit the baby. And then she's like, "Throw me, Bob, throw me!" <laughs> he takes Elastigirl and just hurls her up into the sky. Just as Jack-Jack becomes the demon and Syndrome drops him, so she catches Jack-Jack. And, and then Edna him. was right. Capes are a bad idea. Yeah, because uh, Mr. Incredible throws the car into the plane. The plane explodes, and he, and Syndrome gets sucked by that cape into the jet, and bye-bye Syndrome. Bye-bye Syndrome. And the Incredibles have saved the day. And, and who, then who was there to witness it? Little, little kid. Little kid. <laughs> on that little kid got to see his incredible thing. And then we cut to, you know, and this is, again, the perfect ending to this movie because we cut to another very mundane thing, yep. which is the family watching their son play on uh, at the track race. And it's hilarious because it's the it's the he's running fast and they're yelling at him to run faster, yeah. but he does run faster than they're yelling at him slow. to slow down <laughs> and go for second, go for second. And the dad's expression next to them <laughs> who looks at them like y'all fucking crazy, <laughs> like is so great. And again, it's it's it's. It's that they are now all perfectly happy as a family because they've embraced both sides of this yeah. life. And also, which we kind of skipped over, they have that meeting in the limo where the guy who had first bailed Bob out and had been relocating right. him. It's a great point. He says to them, well, everything is fine now. Everyone respects what you've did. And then he says, well, does it mean we have to go back underground? Let Congress figure that out. Yeah. You're fine. We've covered everything. We owe you a debt of gratitude. So they can be happy to be heroes again as well if they want to be. Almost Which almost enough for them the to have it like a sequel. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and then our final moment as we're celebrating after winning second place in this race is a giant drill comes out of the ground. And we meet the amazing supervillain, the Underminer. The Underminer. <laughs> Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. Well, and what's really cool. The Underminer, man. I mean, I know this is the end of this movie and how amazing it is, but what's great is when you watch the trailers for Incredibles 2, it's very clear that it literally picks up right where left off. Right. exactly yeah. where the, like the underminers in the trailer. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and, and the, the results, like I was, I was always curious as to what they were going to do with the sequel, but what's very clear is the entire um, sequel is because you guys did all this with Syndrome, it's time to bring superheroes back into the limelight. We want it to be Elastigirl. Yeah, she's our right. she's, she's she's our she's our she's key. the poster, poster she's our, yeah she's the poster child for bringing the supers back. So I think that is, I mean the way they've teed it up is so perfect because you know when you end a movie like that you put it on like one of those notes like the big the big villain yeah. comes up they all put their masks on and it goes into the credits right. and you're like fuck that's great but to actually make that work as the kicking off point into right. your next movie I'm like fuck I'm excited. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, really quickly on the reception, this movie was a big hit. Yes. <laughs> Made hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, it was the biggest movie Pixar had ever done up to that point. And, of course, uh, won the Academy Award for the Best Animated Feature, mm -hmm. which is, like, frequently a the least shocking award given every year. Yeah. Um, and now we've finally reached where we're going to have a sequel. Yeah. Um, who would like to give their final thoughts on... Uh, well, I'll go first since you 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 did some us research and, and Michael's more of the animation executive than I am. I I think for me, what's the lasting legacy for me about this film is um, it still works. It's totally. still damn good. Fourteen years later, it's still a great superhero film. I don't always consider it a superhero film because to me, it's more of a family film. But I get why people consider it a superhero film. So I don't always one hundred percent agree with it, but. I enjoy the fact that it's seen through that prism. And it's great to revisit it again. It's great. For me, it's the emotional moments. It's the connection between the family. It's a family that's fractured that has to come together. And they come together discovering and appreciating who they are individually and how they work together as a team. And that's what's really important to me. And everyone has their emotional journey. They go, Violet, by the end, can pull her hair back. And she now is equal with the guy that she was afraid right. to see. Jack-Jack yeah. can now actually run as fast as he can. He just has to be okay taking second place. Dash. A dash, rather. Helen does what she's doing now, and 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 uh, uh, she's more open and relaxed as well, and so's uh, the dad. So is Mr. Incredible. He's just chill as well, and he's happy now. It's a brighter world because they've all understood after living this kind of mundane life, they've understood how they can enjoy this life in their own way. And so for me, that's what's enjoyable about the movie. That's what still resonates for me. It's not all the superhero moments. All that stuff is cool, but it's actually the emotional connections that the family has that brings me back to enjoy the film over and over again and learn new lessons from it. As when I saw it when I was, what, 2004, I, 14, was it 40-something, or 30, 32, 33? Now, as an older man watching it, it resonates with me even more for different reasons, and that's great about the film. How about you? Uh, to me, I just think, you know, uh, rewatching this film recently, um, it's a masterclass in storytelling. I mean, totally. I could talk about the superheroics of it and the comedy of it and everything else, but it's like, mm. it's a movie where every single scene is so lean and mean and every single line and every single thing that everybody says is important to the story and everything is thematically on point. It's just like every single sequence, I'm just watching it and I'm amazed at how much they fit in uh, to tell the story that mm -hmm. they told. And so like a lot of times um, when I'm working on stuff now and I'm working on projects and I get stuck and this actually happened with Incredibles recently, I was working on something and I was super frustrated and I uh, just watched Incredibles <laughs> And I get to the end of a movie like that, and I'm just kind of re-inspired all over right. again um, to try and tell the best possible story that I can. And this is one of those that definitely is tops for just like, this is what I aspire to be able to do one day. Yeah, For, for me, I keep going back. There was a thing that Brad Bird said on the commentary track, which is he really gets upset with people who say that animation is a genre, <laughs> is that animation is not a genre, it's a medium. It is a way of telling stories, and you can tell any kind of story you want. And I think there's nobody who I think would say that you can't do animated superheroes. Obviously, we've been doing animated superheroes basically since there were superheroes. Mm. But that's not actually what makes The Incredibles great. As you say, I mean, I think that it is a great superhero movie, but what makes it great is 
this is a family story. Yeah. This is a family story. And we get into a guy with a midlife crisis and his wife and his two kids and all of their relationships and how that's all going to play out. Yeah. And animation does it so brilliantly. You know, and it does it in a way that you actually couldn't do in live action, that it is a better medium for telling this kind of story than live action would be mm -hmm. because of all the design elements, because of all the, the cartooniness and the caricature and all that stuff that's happening. Um, so that's what we think about The Incredibles. Obviously, we love the film, but we'd love to hear what you think about The Incredibles, and we'd love to hear what you think about The Incredibles 2. So you could visit us on our Facebook page at Cinephiles, uh, C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes or on Stitcher or TuneIn or YouTube or a whole bunch of other places. Please leave your reviews on iTunes. They really help people find us. Mm -hmm. If you want to support the show, uh, you, can, you can support us on Patreon. And this was a Patreon pick. And so we will do your show on the air if you uh, just go visit patreon.com slash the Cinephiles. If you want to buy The Incredibles or rent it, you can you can watch things through Amazon Prime from our website, cinephiles.net, C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S.net. As always, you can reach me on Twitter at SR Morris. John, where can they reach you? Oh, you can always reach me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, see all the work I'm doing over at Collider on and all my other new podcasts as well. Um, and Michael Vogel, people wanted to reach you. How would they do so? At MKToon at Twitter. Um, yeah. And thank you so much again Thanks, for coming back. It's Thanks, always guys. fun. It was a blast. Um, I'm so you will I'm sure hear us talk to Michael Vogel about another movie I think next time Michael should choose the movie he would like to talk about we've always Absolutely. proposed my, uh, movies to Michael and now that he's been here a few times maybe Michael could step up and pick a movie Earth Girls are easy no classic or oh, good film man that didn't go the way we hoped it would. <laughs> I'll come up. I'll come up with a good one that's not right. Earth Girls or Easy, good. and we'll have a really good time soon. All right, sounds good. Well, that's it for this week. We will see you next time on the Cinephiles. <laughs> <laughs>